sacredradio.com. Wednesday, the 8th of November. Let's pray together the prayer of abandonment by St. Charles de Foucault in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Father, I abandon myself into your hands. Do with me what you will. Whatever you may do, I thank you. I am ready for all. I accept all. Let only your will be done in me and in all your creatures. I wish no more than this, O Lord. Into your hands I commend my soul. I offer it to you with all the love of my heart, for I love you, Lord, and so need to give myself, to surrender myself into your hands without reserve and with boundless confidence, for you are my Father. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. It is a better way to start a Wednesday, the Sunrise Morning Show here on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Matt Swaim. Anna Mitchell has news. Paul Lockman at the controls. And you can watch the video live stream that Travis is working on through the show notes at sunrisemorningshow.com. Up this hour, Dr. Jim Schrader will talk about helping your kids deal with grief. Uh, great topic for the month of the Holy Souls. Chris McGregor joins us. Today is the Feast of St. Elizabeth of the Trinity, and she's got a selection from St. Elizabeth's writings to reflect upon today. Gary Zimak will look at a psalm to help you through hard times, and then Ken Craycraft will unpack election results after a uh, pretty intense day yesterday. The day after uh, elections is always kind of like a, I just kind of want to lay down on the couch for a while. But Ken Craycraft's got some analysis, so stay with us if you can. Right now, it is two minutes past the hour. Here's Anna Mitchell with news. Good morning. The pro-life community is lamenting the vote in Ohio to enshrine abortion in the state constitution. With nearly 57% of the vote, issue one passed on election day yesterday, and the ambiguous amendment barring any legal challenges should go into effect in 30 days. Cincinnati Archbishop Dennis Schnur released a statement saying, quote, the people of Ohio missed this important opportunity to demonstrate that the health and safety of women, the fundamental rights of parents, and the lives of preborn children deserve protection. Despite this outcome, we are grateful for all of you who prayed, educated yourselves and others, and voted no on this horrific amendment. And we praise God for the gift of his great love and mercy, which he continues to pour out on us in good times and bad. Archbishop Schnur said, quote, the passage of issue one shows that there remains a desperate need for conversion of hearts and minds to a culture of life in our country, one that respects the inherent dignity and sacredness of every human being from conception to natural death. This conversion will only come about through the witness of our earnest prayer and compassionate care for the most vulnerable among us, end quote. President Biden, however, is celebrating the passage of issue one in Ohio, calling it a win for democracy. Biden released a statement following the news saying that, quote, Americans once again voted to protect their fundamental freedoms, end quote. 
In other election results, Kentucky's Democratic Governor Andy Beshear has won re-election after fending off a challenge from Republican Attorney General Daniel Cameron. In Mississippi, Republican Governor Tate Reeves defeated Democratic Public Service Commissioner Brandon Presley. The Biden administration is stressing that Israel has a right to defend itself from Hamas as the administration faces growing pressure to push for a ceasefire. Mark Mayfield has more. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby said President Biden has discussed brief humanitarian pauses with Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu to allow aid to get into Gaza. The White House, however, not calling for a permanent ceasefire at this time. Netanyahu has also said he would not consider a ceasefire until all hostages held by Hamas are released. This comes as Israel is bombarding the Gaza Strip and thousands of civilians have been killed. I'm Mark Mayfield. The Holy See has made another appeal for peace in the Holy Land. Archbishop Gabriela Cacha spoke at the UN this week calling for the absolute protection of every civilian. He said, quote, it is imperative that hospitals and medical facilities, refugee camps, schools, as well as places of worship and other premises are not targeted by anyone, end quote. The Supreme Court is deciding whether people who are subjects of protective orders should be allowed to keep their guns. Arguments heard by the court yesterday involve a Texas man who assaulted his ex-girlfriend and threatened to shoot her if she told anyone. Solicitor General Elizabeth Preliger argued that this should be an easy case to decide as the Constitution allows for the disarming of dangerous individuals. An appeals court ruled in favor of the woman's former boyfriend, saying that gun bans violate the Second Amendment. And Americans currently owe more than a trillion dollars on their credit cards. Brian Shook reports. That's according to a new report on household debt from the Federal Reserve Bank of New York. It found that credit card balances spiked by over $150 billion year over year. It's the largest increase this century. Credit card delinquency rates also went up, especially among millennials burdened with high levels of student loan debt. I'm Brian Shook. Today is Wednesday, November the 8th. It is the Feast of St. Elizabeth of the Trinity. Pray for us. Much more on her a little bit later this hour. Coming up next on the Sunrise Morning Show, Dr. James Schrader joins us. It's six past. I have been a school sister of Notre Dame for 72 years. Most senior Catholic sisters, brothers, and religious order priests serve for years with little pay. I always taught the primary grades, and I loved it. Today, hundreds of religious communities lack retirement funds. Your gift to the Retirement Fund for Religious helps provide medications and care. Please give to those who have given a lifetime. Thank you, and God bless you a hundredfold. Donate at your local parish. Lord, Teach Me to Pray, the Ignatian Prayer Series, can now train you and others electronically to become facilitators and bring the Ignatian way of prayer to your parish. Come to know and love Jesus Christ like never before and help others do the same. Don't pass up the opportunity to join this work of the new evangelization. Go to LordTeachMeToPray.com and click on Digital Training. That's LordTeachMeToPray.com and click on Digital Training. Joined now by Dr. James Schrader, Vice President of the Psychology and Wellness Department at Easter Seals Rehabilitation Center. He's online at james-schrader.com. 
Dr. Schrader, good morning. Yeah, good morning. You know, we sort of take for granted, uh, those of us who have been on the planet for several decades, that when we talk about the holy souls in purgatory, we all kind of think back on who we miss and, you know, how we're praying for them. But for those who are under the age of 10 and haven't been through a whole decade yet, uh, grief is grief is going to hit a little different. So some are, what are some of the ways to maybe understand how to help kids uh, maybe process grief, especially during this month of the Holy Souls? Yeah, I think the first thing we have to understand is what happens with development and how does that change kids' perception of grief. So typically, and again, this doesn't hold exactly fast for every child, but typically kids who are preschool age do not understand two things about death. They don't understand that it's permanent, and they don't understand that it's inevitable. So I think that when we're talking with very young kids and we're trying to process what's going on, let's say a, a four-year-old, we have to recognize they don't recognize, they don't understand that this is, again, permanent and inevitable um, in regards to someone's passing. So that, that changes the way we may talk about it. We may be kind of confused sometimes with their reaction, but that's important there. Once the kids typically get to school age, they start to understand the permanence of death, um, but they don't recognize that it's inevitable typically until around the age of you know, 9, 10, 11. And so um, they may not kind of realize and understand their own, you know, that eventually they will die someday and that that will happen there. And so I think the first thing is you've got to understand kind of where your kids are at in the developmental stage before you can ever kind of process any grief of any kind. Right. I mean, you can't just do a blanket statement. And there are a lot of people listening who have kids at multiple stages of this, right? right? So, right. I mean, I guess that calls for multiple levels of sensitivity. It, it really does, yeah. And, you know, again, with very young kids, you may just be talking about, you know, that they've, they've passed on and that they've died, um, but you may have to recognize that other questions are going to come up later on once they understand things better, that it doesn't indicate anything's wrong. It's just that, you know, neurologically speaking, they're kind of ready to think about things at a deeper level. But I think beyond the development, the other piece of it that we really want to do is I, I have, you know, three rules in my office with kids that are really important that I always vet with the kids and the parents. And the first is, you know, are you entitled to any emotion that you have? And I, and I think it's really important for kids to understand the answer is yes. Like whatever emotion they have about someone passing, whether it's sadness, anger, you know, disappointment, confusion, whatever, we really have to honor that and really talk to our kids um, and let them know that we're open to hearing about that. The second thing is, you know, the second rule is kind of, are they allowed to have any thoughts at all, even if it differs from people around them? And um, again, the answer really needs to be yes, that even though parents and others are going to teach them things that are important, they're entitled to their own thoughts. And kids may have some strange thoughts about, you know, someone dying or something that doesn't quite line up with how you think they should think. And while I think as parents it's important to teach our kids different traditions and teach our kids how to handle, um, you know, we feel like when someone passes, we also have to recognize we need to be open to the kind of thoughts that they have. Um, and, you know, the third one is more of can you act however you want based on how you think and feel? Well, you can act however you want, but, of course, sometimes I can get, you know, in trouble if you're a kid. And so I think the second level is just saying, hey, we really as parents have to be open to kind of entertaining whatever thoughts and feelings come our way and then have conversations that lead out from there. And that is where, you know, I think it can be very difficult when you've got a bunch of people in the same room and someone's processing it one way and another person's processing it another way. And sometimes those things don't match up. I mean, we have that kind of problem as adults, right? Where right. somebody right. wants to tell a funny story about this person that we've just lost and somebody else is like, I'm not ready for funny stuff yet. <laughs> I mean, we know, we know that even as adults, we have those issues. 
Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, think about the different stories and the things that come up at the funeral home or in other places. And for some, it might be uh, a story that really engenders a, a sense of a feeling of goodness, but for someone else, it might not engender that at all. And so I think with our kids, you know, helping them um, understand their own reactions and why death, even for us adults, can be a very confusing thing is okay. Like, again, it goes back to this idea, like, if your kids are confused, like, it's okay. I mean, we're still confused. I'm 46, and I sometimes don't understand the best way to deal with someone that is, you know, has passed. Um, and so I think the third, the third thing I would just say for parents is while death is a very, very sad thing and we need to honor whatever feelings and however we're processing that, um, I always, I think we all know that the closer you are to someone, the harder death hurts and that the reason it does is because that person has truly impacted your life probably in many good ways, even if not all of it's good, right? And so we want to honor this with our kids. We want to find ways to truly help them celebrate, like whether it's a grandparent or even in a situation with a parent or someone really close, like how can we still celebrate the impact and the person that they are and have been for our child's lives? And I think that, you know, there's so many creative ways that we can help our kids other things that they make or, you know, they, they sing or, or they pray or whatever else it is. But, um, you know, we all have to deal with this passing, and I, I think that the ways that we help our kids celebrate um, can truly be probably the most transformative at all when we're dealing with this topic. Yeah, we were just talking about this with our Bible foods lady, Rita Heikenfeld, right, who does these segments. Like, you can even do this through recipes, right? You can, uh, and, yeah. And this is, this is a great way to kind of have that sort of concrete, tangible you know, experience of the senses that connects you back with that person. I love that. Yeah, I love the idea of a recipe. I love the idea of thinking five years later you could be making something and it's a celebration of, you know, let's say your grandparent who passed because this recipe was something that was so part of that, you know, person's tradition and who they were. And it was obviously much more than food. It was very life-giving. It was very joyful giving. And so um, I think when, when we help our kids find joyful ways of celebrating people, even in sad moments, you know, days later, years later, whatever, we ourselves are renewed with this idea that every single person that we're given that impacts us in a positive way is really a gift. And it's easy to be caught up in like, oh, I don't know how I'm going to carry on or how I'm going to feel when this person's gone. What if they were never there in the first place, right? What if they were never there in the first place? The loss would have been so much greater. And I think when our kids understand that message too, Oh, wow. Yeah, you're right. The loss would have been so much greater than they recognize the beauty of each person as God's design. Well, thank you so much, Dr. James Schrader. You can find him linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. While you're there, subscribe, get the show notes in your inbox daily. And let's remember, during this month of the Holy Souls, uh, to continue to pray for our beloved dead and that the souls of the faithful departed may, through the mercy of God, rest in peace. It's a quarter past. We're back with headlines right after this. Support is from Affirm Films comes Journey to Bethlehem, a Christmas musical film for the whole family. This wasn't a dream. An angel came to me. Look at the star. This is it. Do you truly believe that this child is the chosen one? What is his name? Jesus. Journey to Bethlehem. Rated PG. Federal guidance suggested. In theaters everywhere this Friday. Soundtrack also available. More information is at journeytobethlehem.com. Support for the Sunrise Morning Show is from Visiting Angels. Visiting Angels provides experienced, compassionate care to millions of aging adults nationwide by keeping them safe and healthy in the comfort of their own home. 
Whether it's a short break for caregivers or for long-term assistance, Visiting Angels provides hygiene, meals, light housework, companionship, and more. And services are available up to 24 hours per day. Visiting Angels, online at visitingangels.com. That's visitingangels.com. Franchise opportunities available. It's the season of chunky soup and chunky sweaters, which means it's also pumpkin coffee season. And the Mystic Monks have their pumpkin spice blend in stock and ready for you to enjoy. And when you go to the Monks through sunrisemorningshow.com, we earn a commission on any flavor coffee or tea that you buy. Why shell out five bucks for a tall PSL when you can customize your own at home and drink it from a Sunrise Morning Show mug that you can find in our online store. Get a mug and link to Mystic Monk Coffee through sunrisemorningshow.com. One of the reasons we should go to Mass is because it is the food of the saints that we receive. And for the saints, they understood rightly that the time after Holy Communion, that those moments are the most precious moments of our lives. The Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, live from the EWTN Chapel, every morning, 8 Eastern, on EWTN Radio and Television. minutes past the hour. Here's Anna with headlines. The pro-life community is lamenting the vote in Ohio to enshrine abortion in the state constitution. In gubernatorial races, Kentucky Democratic Governor Andy Bashir and of, I said Kentucky, and uh, Mississippi Republican Governor Tate Reeves both won re-election yesterday. And the Holy See has made another appeal for peace in the Holy Land. News at the top and bottom of each hour every weekday morning here on the Sunrise Morning Show. And Anna Mitchell, I know you're going to talk a lot more about the various results, um, not just this hour with King Craycraft, but actually next hour as well uh, mm-hmm. to kind of unpack some things. So lots to process, lots to think about, lots, lots to pray to about. Lots to pray about. Um, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not a person who embroils myself in politics if I can help it. I try and do my civic duty. Well, and that's what's so disappointing about this. I'll just say this right now. I don't know if you have something else you want to talk about that's a little more uplifting. I have literally anything in the world I would rather talk about than the state of politics in the United States of yeah. America. Um, but being an Ohioan today is particularly difficult um, to process. And um, what I think is – how do I put this? What I'm really, really disappointed about – I mean, aside from the results, is the fact that this was up for a vote at all. Um, people have heard me say this um, in, in various venues, but we are in this post-obs world now in a, a country that is divided, hasn't been this divided since the time of slavery, in which it was contingent on what state you were in, whether or not your life was considered to have dignity. And the fact that we were putting such an issue, and I hate to even call it an issue, but for lack of a better word, the fact that this was on the ballot and people were voting on this, pitting the lives of mothers against the lives of their children is just unthinkable to me. I mean, obviously, I went to the polls and and voted um, because that's the world in which we live. And we had to do what we could to to fight for the cause of life here. But the fact that this was up for a vote is just unreal to me. 
just unreal. So well, the but bear in mind that um, you know these are kind of like the natural consequences of of and we talk about this all the time. This is not what makes it into the national conversation, but this is why people might wonder why we focus on some of these things on the Sunrise Morning Show. Why don't you focus on winning an issue? And we do talk about that sometimes too. But why do we talk about like nominalism? Um, Why do we talk about Gnosticism? Why do we talk about anthropology? Why do we talk about any of this stuff? Because when it comes to the the national conversation, nobody's thinking about any of that stuff. And those are the foundational things. Like if you don't have uh, an anthropology, if you don't know what a human being is, then how are you supposed to know what's best for one? Mm -hmm. If you don't know what reality and truth are, then and you can just name anything, anything you want to name it, then how are you supposed to... How are you supposed to track the, the arguments? It's, yeah. it, these are these are these are problems that happen. Uh, they manifest on the political level, but their roots go so much deeper. They go to the philosophy. They go to the theology. They go to the anthropology, and they go to the core of the, the human person. The, the heart of the human person. I'm Father Rob Jack. Join me this afternoon for Driving Home the Faith. And Dr. Joseph Sala will give us the latest news from the National Catholic Bioethics Center. Father Jonathan Meyer will show the ways the Mass brings comfort to the dead and their family members. I'll reflect on St. Peter's teaching on good citizenship, the frequent traffic and weather to get you home safely. That's this afternoon beginning at 4 on Sacred Heart Radio. You're on the road to Christ the King. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Twin Dental of Cincinnati. Since 1986, twin brothers Drs. David and Michael Rothen have been providing superior dental care in a relaxed and comfortable setting for the entire family. The twin dental doctors utilize advanced dentistry techniques from sedation to implants and the latest in cosmetic options to preserve and beautify smiles. Twin Dental, located just off the I-275 exit at Hamilton Avenue. For a complimentary evaluation, 513-825-6111 and online at twindental.com. Our bodies are a gift of God, a temple of the Holy Spirit. Just as the human body ought to be treated with respect and dignity in life, so it is meant to be treated after death. The Cincinnati Catholic Cemetery Society can help make advance arrangements with their Catholic funeral plan. Pre-planning is especially important to those preparing to enroll in Medicare. It also ensures that you make the arrangements you want, leaving your family without the hardship of planning while grieving. Find out more at 557-2306, extension 319, or online at cccsohio.org. Sacred Heart Radio is blessed to have the support of Larkin Cobb Chevrolet Buick GMC in Eaton, Ohio, offering a wide range of new and used cars, trucks, and SUVs with on-site financing. Larkin Cobb, close to Eaton, Richmond, Dayton, and Brookville. On the web at LarkinCobb.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Hoting Realtors, trusted and recommended by generations of families to sell their homes. Licensed in Ohio, Kentucky, and Indiana. Hoting Realtors, 513-451-4800 and at Hoting.com. Joining us now on the Sunrise Morning Show is Chris McGregor from DiscerningHearts.com. Good morning, Chris. Good morning. Our selection from the Office of Readings for this week is for the November 8th Feast of St. Elizabeth of the Trinity. She is your girl. What should we know about her? We love St. Elizabeth of the Trinity here at Discerning Hearts. She is someone who was introduced to us 
uh, long ago by Dr. Anthony Lillis, probably mm-hmm. one of the premier scholars on this great saint, who whose mission was to help bring people into a deeper prayer, into the heart of the Trinity. She was much beloved by St. John Paul II. And I was just so excited to be with Dr. Lillis on October 16th of 2016. I remember it so well because Man. we were hoping for it. That's when she became a saint. Wow. And so, um, yeah, St. Elizabeth the Trinity, a beautiful Carmelite uh, who died in 1906 at a young age. It's very similar in some ways to St. Therese. Mm. And in this reading that we have in the Divine Office for her feast day is actually a prayer she wrote, correct? It is. It's, it's, it was actually placed in the catechism before she even became a blessed. Such a beautiful, uh, one of the few that had, uh, had uh, been placed for our reflection that was not at that time by a saint or a blessed but then she, that turned around. And of course, it's the Holy Trinity whom I adore. And it has such profound insights on the relationship of the Trinity. And our, um, our interaction, our, our dwelling within it. And so we're, we're just so grateful to have St. Elizabeth the Trinity in the Office of Readings. All right. The language in this prayer is incredible, Chris. I know you know this, but I'm, I'm looking at these lines like, Make my soul your heaven. Come upon me and create in my soul a kind of incarnation of the word that I may be another humanity for him. And I've read that this morning. I was like, whoa, if I thought about and desired my life to be another humanity for Jesus, like, wow, that's unreal. Oh, but that's exactly what happened when you, uh, when you, uh, by virtue of probably your parents initially, but then your continual yes mm-hmm. to that invitation at baptism. When we say yes, then he comes and he makes his dwelling within us. Mm-hmm. And that's something that Elizabeth of the Trinity in her great retreats, Heaven and Faith, and then last retreat, she's constantly reminding us, don't forget what happened at your baptism mm-hmm. because he comes to dwell in us. I become another tabernacle. And he comes in not just a, a tabernacle, but an actual another humanity that he can go out and live out in the world and touch others and love others. Let him come and dwell in me and let me become little so he can do his work. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And she's such a beautiful example of of that very point that uh, that we can live out our baptism. I was also struck by the line, Chris, and I'm hoping you can... Mm-hmm. reflect on this. I surrender myself as your prey. Wow. How about that? That is the line that always jumps out for everybody. Because <laughs> when we think about what's what does that mean? I'm going to be your prey. It's like Jesus says, you know, what is he a lion? Well, sometimes he is he's like Anselm. But um, he also is, it's what she is in, uh, as Dr. Lillis breaks open for so many of us to understand that, it's that it's in our complete surrender. Take me, you know, you know, just allow me. You have come for me. Take me. I surrender myself. That's why he came into the world, to bring the souls back into, into relationship, into the heart of the Trinity with the Father. He comes, he wants to consume us. We hear that so often in the, in the writings of the, of the saints. So what Elizabeth of, of the Trinity is just saying, here I am. 
I'm way out there. Let me be your prey. Take me. I surrender myself completely to you. It's uh, quite a remarkable thought, isn't it? Holy surrendered to your creative action as she puts it. Yeah, yeah, I love that idea of being consumed because we consume the Lord and in so doing, we can then be consumed by him. Exactly. I mean, it, it, in this, it's so uh, compelling because in that third paragraph, she really highlights the relationships of the of the Holy Spirit come upon me and creating my soul a kind of incarnation of the word. I may be in, like, as you said, another humanity for him in which he can renew his whole ministry um, and mystery. Oh, Father, bending lovingly over your poor little creature, cover her with your shadow, mm. seeing in her only the beloved in whom you are well pleased. Yeah. See, again, that is so anchored into the, it goes all the way back to the scriptures. It's such a Carmelite way, but it's also very much a Christian, a very much a Catholic way. It's that Galatians 2.20. It is not I who live, but it's Christ who dwells in me. Yeah. And, and she said, there's such a poignant line in here. Let me never, uh, may I never leave you there alone, but be wholly present, my faith, wholly vigilant, wholly adoring, wholly surrendered to your creative action. Where? May I never leave you alone? Where? Inside of me. Don't let me forget. You know, oftentimes, Anna, we talk about adoration, how it's important to sit with the Lord, and it is. It's one of my great devotional practices to go before the Blessed Sacrament and pray. And we encourage that. But what Elizabeth is saying, don't leave him alone inside of you. He's as much present there inside of you because he's made his dwelling. That's his home. How was she taught this? She knew this as the great, she, she could become a doctor of the church one day, this wisdom that this little, this little Carmelite nun, St. Elizabeth of the Trinity, so wonderful. Don't miss her retreats, her, her heaven and faith and last retreat as well. Well, thank you so much, Chris McGregor. Don't miss out on all that she has available at discerninghearts.com on St. Elizabeth of the Trinity. You can find it linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. St. Elizabeth of the Trinity. Pray for us. Half past the hour now on the Sunrise Morning Show. It's time for news. The pro-life community is mourning today after a vote in Ohio to enshrine abortion in the state constitution. With nearly 57% of the vote, issue one passed on election day yesterday for the ambiguous amendment to go into effect. Protect Women Ohio, the organization that led the fight to defeat Issue 1, released a statement saying, quote, Our hearts are broken tonight, not because we lost an election, but because Ohio families, women and children will bear the brunt of this vote. They said, rest assured, the pro-life movement is more united than ever. We stand ready during this unthinkable time to advocate for women and the unborn, just as we always have done. We persevered for 50 years to overturn Roe v. Wade. Ours is a movement that has always endured and always will. Tomorrow, the work starts again as we fight to be a voice for the voiceless and advocate for women and parents, end quote. President Biden, for his part, is celebrating the passage of issue one. He called it a win for democracy, releasing a statement following the news. The president said, quote, Americans once again voted to protect their fundamental freedoms, end quote. 
In other election results, Kentucky Democratic Governor Andy Bashir won re-election after fending off a challenge from Republican Attorney General Daniel Cameron. In Mississippi, Republican Governor Tate Reeves defeated Democratic Public Service Commissioner Brandon Presley. And it looks like the Virginia state legislature will be dominated by Democrats. The House is voting to censure Michigan Democrat Rashida Tlaib over her criticisms of Israel following Hamas's deadly attack on the U.S. ally. Mark Mayfield reports. Georgia representatives Marjorie Taylor Greene and Rich McCormick both introduced two new resolutions this week to reprimand Tlaib. This comes after Greene's first effort to censure the Michigan lawmaker last week failed after nearly two dozen Republicans joined Democrats to table the measure. The reprimand passed in a 234 to 188 vote. I'm Mark Mayfield. The Holy See has made another appeal for peace in the Holy Land. From Vatican Radio, Deborah Castellano-Lubov reports. Archbishop Gabriele Caccia addressed the UN General Assembly in New York on Monday on the humanitarian situation in Gaza. He reiterated that the Holy See is calling for a just peace that meets Palestinian and Israeli demands. He also expressed the Holy See's concern for the humanitarian crisis in Gaza and insisted on the need for the upholding of support and protection provided to civilians by the United Nations Relief and Works Agency. He appealed that that aid and protection be able to continue. I'm Deborah Castellano-Lubov. Five presidential candidates will take the stage tonight in Miami for the third GOP debate. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie will participate in the Miami debate. So will former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley, Ohio entrepreneur Vivek Ramaswamy, and South Carolina Senator Tim Scott. North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum did not meet the RNC's criteria. Former President Trump, who is considered to be the favorite, according to polls, to win the GOP nomination, is skipping the debate. The Supreme Court is deciding whether people who are subjects of protective orders should be allowed to keep their guns. Arguments heard by the court yesterday involve a Texas man who assaulted his ex-girlfriend and threatened to shoot her if she told anyone. An appeals court ruled in favor of him, saying that gun bans violate the Second Amendment. Nike is suing two of its competitors over patent infringement. Brian Shook reports. The company filed lawsuits on Monday, one in Massachusetts against New Balance and another in California against Skechers. The lawsuits center around the Flynet technology, a fiber which Nike says it created for its shoes and owns through patents. The company wants New Balance and Skechers to be prevented from selling shoes with the Flynet material. I'm Brian Shook. And the actor's strike could soon come to a close, according to Deadline. The Actors Union and Motion Picture and Television Studios have reportedly reached an agreement on the use of artificial intelligence. That's the news on the Sunrise Morning Show. It's 35 past the hour. The International Pilgrim Virgin Statue of Our Lady of Fatima will be in Greater Cincinnati from November 4th through the 21st. To find out what parishes and hours you can visit to pray for peace in our world, visit sacredheartradio.com slash events. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Schneller Knockelman Plumbing, Heating, and Air. 
treating customers with integrity for over 90 years for heating, air conditioning, water heaters, plumbing, and more. Schneller Knockelman at skpha.com skpha.com. You rely on your car, so rely on the experts at Fort Mitchell Garage, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio. They can do it all from brakes, tires, and heating and cooling to towing and collision repair and more. Fort Mitchell Garage on Dixie Highway and Park Hills. On the web at fortmitchellgarage.com. Pregnancy Center West is committed to protecting the unborn by encouraging women to see and choose the beauty of life while offering practical assistance for them and their families. Donate securely online at supportpcw.org. That's supportpcw.org. It's 24 minutes before the hour on this feast of St. Elizabeth of the Trinity, Wednesday, November the 8th. Your forecast is brought to you on Sacred Heart Catholic Radio by Schneller Nockeman Plumbing, Heating, and Air online at skpha.com. Going to be another nice day today. Right now, not too bad with temperatures in the lower 50s as you're heading out the door. For Cincinnati, decreasing clouds, warm and breezy today with a high of 78 degrees. Mostly cloudy with some isolated showers possible tonight and an overnight low of 57. Mostly cloudy tomorrow and a high of 63 with temperatures falling. For the Miami Valley-Dayton area, slight chance of a light shower this morning, then some afternoon sun with a high of 75. Partly cloudy with occasional showers overnight and a low of 54. Some morning clouds and a shower chance tomorrow, then increasing sun and a high of 60. This is Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. Thirty-seven minutes past the hour. The Sunrise Morning Show continues. I'm Matt Swaim, joined now by Gary Zimak from FollowingTheTruth.com. He's got lots of great books that take uh, a look at Scripture and apply them to the day-to-day grind, and uh, maybe how we can rely on them uh, in the face of difficulties. That certainly is the case with the Psalm we're looking at today. Gary, good morning. Good morning, Matt. All right. So, which one are we taking a look at? All right, Matt. Today we are, as we continue our look at the, at the Psalms to help. It, you know, my goal with this series that we've been doing for the past several weeks is to help anyone who is out there right now struggling, suffering, shedding tears about things that might be going on. This Psalm, uh, I think this one particular verse we're going to look at in this Psalm, is just going to touch on, on something that, that, that really got me when I read it. This is Psalm 56. And uh, let's look at verse 9, and here's what verse 9 of Psalm 56 says. My wanderings you have counted. My tears are stored in your flask. Are they not recorded in your book? Um, You know, Matt, sometimes we, we all can tend to feel that if we're suffering, if we're struggling, we're doing it alone, nobody's seeing us. Even God sometimes we think, he doesn't know. He doesn't know what I'm going through. He doesn't know what I feel. This psalm, this, that, that incredible phrase that, of God storing our tears in a flask reminds me that when I'm struggling, when I'm shedding tears, even though I'm not saying anything, God can hear those tears as silent prayers. And my suffering, my struggling, what I'm dealing with means so much to him that he's storing them in a flask, and he recognizes what I'm going through. He understands. And then as this psalm continues, we're going to hear this message of God understands, and he can help me. And then we turn to him and say, Lord, please help me. But it's just a a reminder that he, he gets it. 
He knows what we're going through. He does indeed. You know, and I was joking with you yesterday when you sent this psalm over and said that it's what you wanted yeah. to talk about. You know, for my days in the Christian metal scene, you know, <laughs> Flask of Tears would have been a pretty epic uh, oh, man. Yeah. band name. But, um, but yeah. the idea of God storing up our sorrows, uh, it, it kind of gets at another level of what God sees and understands. Because it's one thing to say to someone who is suffering, or one thing for when I'm suffering, for for me to understand God sees what I'm going through right now. It's another matter altogether for uh, someone to say, God sees everything you have ever been through. <laughs> like That's right. a different right. level uh, right. when we're talking about what it is that God sees when he sees us. Right. And, and he doesn't forget, and that's the thing, too. This is a... Um... This is something that um, we can sometimes lose sight of, the fact that God understands everything we have been through in our lives, which somehow these things add up, and, the, you know, these things sometimes cause us to to be even more depressed, you know, but these, these sorrows on top of sorrows on top of sorrows, and God understands that. He understands all of this, and I, and I think what you know, uh, as someone who has, like, like just about everybody else, who has gone through these periods where everything seems to be going wrong and you're so broken that you can't even pray, that all you can do is maybe shed some tears, this psalm gives us hope that those tears didn't go wasted. God, God saw those tears as unspoken prayers, you know? Sometimes it's okay to just cry when you don't have the words, when you, don't even, when you can't even put two words together in prayer those tears were not wasted. Yeah, I, um, there was a priest who posted a, a tweet, and I can't even remember. I feel so bad. I, 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 sh- I wish I could remember who I saw tweet this, but he said something about, you know, God sees every sin you commit, right? But he says, mm-hmm. he said he also sees uh, the brokenness in your life that weakened you to that temptation, he also sees the resentment that caused you to make the bad choice. <laughs> he also oh, sees yeah, everything yeah. that made you the way that you are. He sees, uh, you know, all these things, all the hurt, all the pain, all the inside stuff that nobody else can see that caused you to make that objectively terrible decision. Uh, he's not just sitting there from a tower saying, you know, that's wrong, you're bad, uh, and making like some sort of like impersonal judgment. Uh these sins that Christ, I mean, and we see this in the Gospels all the time. Like, Christ does not merely see the woman caught in adultery as a court case. He does not merely see the adultery. He sees the woman, right? I mean, this is yeah. this is who yeah. God sees. He sees um, the sin that he tells her to go and do no more, but he also sees the brokenness that put her in that situation and has mercy on her. And, and you know, I think that's a great lesson for us both in um, – to get some insight as to who God is, what he's all about, how he views us, and also how we should view other people and maybe give them the benefit of the doubt, maybe to love them or see them as God sees them. And, and boy, I'll tell you what, I struggle with this. This is not easy for me. I'm very quick to judge sometimes when somebody does something. Ah, there they go again, right? That person, that's, yep, I know why they did that. You're so right. You're so right. How many times do I not love or see others? like God does. And, um, you know, if he's showing and extending that kind of mercy toward me, which he does, he would expect me to do the same toward others. So it's a, it's really a twofold lesson about God's mercy toward me and 
the mercy that he wants me to show toward others. Because you're right, unlike God, we don't know what's really going on inside of that person. Yeah, well, but we get a window into it, right, if we're parents. Um, and yeah. this is this is why the fatherhood of God, God as a loving father, is such an important image because um, – well, and the church as a as a mother, right, is such an important image as well that we can see our own kids, right, our own family members, and see kind of the long view of their lives and how they're wired, <laughs> right, and right. what's happened to them at various stages in the game, and you know how they're treated uh, in various situations at school and and wherever else, and and so that we can have that better understanding of someone and what causes them to be a certain way or think a certain way or get in a certain headspace and get stuck there, right? I mean, this is this is part of why parenting is such a gift because it gives us a tiny little like glimpse into how God looks at us when we look at our kids with love and know they've been through hard stuff and we want to understand the bigger view of them in order to help them. Exactly, exactly. And it's just a reminder that there's a lot of stuff going on inside of each of us internally that nobody else is going to see. But as you said, as a parent, you get to see things that maybe somebody else doesn't see when they see your, your child, when the child grows up, they look at them, they don't know the history necessarily. They don't know all they've been through. They don't know what really makes them tick. But as parents, we do. And it, yeah, it's that reminder for us. This is how God knows us. And, and, you know, sometimes this could make us uncomfortable. He knows everything. He, you know, we can't pull a fast one on him. Even when we try to, to finesse him and try to use, uh, you know, uh, try to be passive-aggressive as we, we all can tend to do with others, God can see through us, and, and he knows us. So it works both ways, but I, you know what? I think it's good to know that he knows everything about me, that he knows my feelings, that he, that he, and that he really cares. And that's why bringing it back to this idea of him storing the tears up in a flask, it, it, it's, it shows that he, he cares so much about our joys and our sufferings that he doesn't want to forget us. He wants to have that memento because that's who we are. That's what, his, you know, what we've gone going through. Uh, he, he cares about remembering that. And, of course, this is all figurative language. It's looking at God in ways that's hard for us to describe in words, but I think words like this is, are very helpful to, to give us a little bit of an insight, a little bit of an insight into just how much God cares about us. Well, Gary, I agree 100% with everything you just said, except for the part about uh, the passive-aggressive thing. I know you're from Philly, and there aren't <laughs> passive-aggressive people in Philly. There's just regular-aggressive people. So. <laughs> I get you. Yeah. All right. I, but I'm but I'm working on it. I'm trying to refine We played my... you guys in football and baseball. We understand. We understand. I hear you, brother. We've got followingthetruth.com linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. So many great resources from Gary Zimak over there to help you dive into the scriptures. Thanks so much, Gary. Have a wonderful day. Say hello to our friends of Holy Spirit Radio. You got it, brother. Thanks for having me. 14 till Ken Craycraft joins us next. Support is for MediShare. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that is MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save many families up to 500 bucks a month, and that is huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The member satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. 
MetaShare works, too. It's been around for 30 years. Members have shared more than $5 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, really, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want to plan you're happy with, you can call right now. You'll get a price within two minutes. So see what you can say. This is a very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. Call 844-55-BIBLE. That's 844-55-BIBLE. 844-55-BIBLE. Business owners are starting to think outside the box to find new customers. You can reach millions of engaged Catholic listeners by underwriting the Sunrise Morning Show. Each weekday morning, listeners across the U.S. and around the globe can hear your message for your business, ministry, or nonprofit on the Sunrise Morning Show. To find out how it works, email me, Leah, at SacredHeartRadio.com. That's Leah at SacredHeartRadio.com. Hi, this is Mike Aquilino with a few words about St. Irenaeus. It's only recently that Pope Francis has declared him to be a doctor of the church. And this is unusual because he's been dead for many centuries, almost two millennia. But I think he's a man for our time because he's teaching us to think, to have an educated faith, to know the reasons for what we believe, and then present those to a skeptical world. On the next More to Life Parenting Toolkit. Got parenting questions? We'll give you the tools you need to succeed. That's later today on More to Life. Now back to the Sunrise Morning Show. Sunrise Morning Show legal and political analyst Ken Craycraft is with us now. He is a professor at Mount St. Mary's Seminary. He writes for the Catholic Telegraph and our Sunday visitor, among other publications. Ken, good morning. Good morning, Annie. Ken, I don't think it's really quite possible to express the disappointment and, I mean, just real heartbreak uh, that I am experiencing right now that you are probably experiencing right now knowing that Ohioans on election day voted by a 57 to 43 percent margin to enshrine a right to abortion in our state constitution but we are going to talk today about what pro-lifers can do from a legal standpoint uh, from this point on to try to mitigate the damage done here. And we've talked about how ambiguous the language is in this. Um, do we call it a constitutional amendment now, not a proposed constitutional amendment? Yeah, it's self-executing. So essentially that that's it. That doesn't mean it can't be challenged and, and its effect stayed by the court. Uh, uh, but but uh, it's, it is a constitutional amendment by its terms. It's self-executing. Well, you're kind um, of answering my first question, which is, can this language be changed at this point or does it go into the Ohio Constitution as is? The language cannot be changed. What could happen is, and, and there are a, a, a number of different ways that um, that Ohio pro-life 
uh, pro-life people in Ohio can uh, can challenge this. Uh, one of which is to challenge the, uh, the 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 entirety of the amendment because of ambiguous terms. So the court could not change terms, hmm. but if the court, if the Ohio Supreme Court were to find under a challenge, it would have to be a challenge uh, of of the language that there is language in it that is so ambiguous that. It is that it's not possible to understand what is and is not permitted under the constitutional amendment, then the constitutional amendment cannot stand under other provisions of the Constitution, which require laws to be clear. Uh, and that's a basic that's a fundamental aspect of any law. A law has to be clear in order to be enforceable because people have to know what is and is not permitted under this statute I, or under this amendment. I would argue that it isn't clear what is and is not permitted. And so I expect challenges to the language of the amendment just on its face as a as a first sort of line uh, of response to it to ask the Supreme Court to strike it down because the language is ambiguous. The court can't change the language, but it could, could it, but it could in principle now I'm saying strike it down. I'm not uh, I, I'm not saying that any of the things that I'm suggesting this morning will happen, but I'm suggesting these are things that could happen and these are lines of attack. Is this something that the Ohio Attorney General would do or would it have to come yes. from someone else? I, I think that the Ohio Attorney General could do it himself. Now, I, I, I'm on thin ice a little bit here, but I think that it could be something that could be done by the Ohio De Attorney General, because I think the Ohio Attorney General could argue that he has standing because it's his job to enforce mm. the provisions of the constitutional okay. amendment. And, and that would give him standing to, to sue because he wants to ask the court, I don't even know what I'm supposed to do. And, mm -hmm. and therefore, the, that it's it, it shouldn't be a valid amendment. Now, can the Ohio legislature do anything in terms of of passing laws? I can't imagine that they can that they can challenge it. But but can they pass some right. laws to to mitigate the damage done by this amendment? I think there are a number of things that they can do, both to mitigate the damage and to call the bluff on at the supporters of the the amendment. First of all, they could pass laws um, that re referencing the amendment that require parental notice, for example, because we have said all along that pregnant individual uh, opens the door for minors to get abortions without their parents' consent. Well, the Ohio legislature could pass a law that says, you know, with reference to this amendment, uh, a uh, individual is defined as someone over the age of 18 or 21, 18, for example, or or to put it or to go the other direction that uh, anyone under the age of 18 requires a parent's consent or at least notification. And on its face, the constitutional amendment would forbid that. But the supporters have said that it wouldn't. So that's one way that it could be done. Of course, that law would be challenged immediately by the people who have all along been saying individual doesn't mean minor. Right. They would challenge that law and say individual does mean minor because we know that they've been lying all along. Uh, another way, another thing that the legislature could do is uh, require uh, reporting abortions of minors to, to the Ohio uh, Secretary of Health and Human Services or to some other Ohio official. So if a minor comes in for an abortion, Planned Parenthood or whatever abortion mill is performing the abortion would be required to report to an Ohio health authority that a, that minor came in for an abortion. And this would this is actually a very important provision because uh, that as it's written, the Ohio, the, the new amendment protects rapists, it protects child molesters, uh, and, and, and that's something that is against the interests of the state. And so you could see the Ohio legislature passing a law like that 
at address the problem of minors. Would, in yeah, well, I mean, would that immediately be challenged? Because I'm looking at the language of this amendment and the state shall not directly or indirectly burden, penalize, burden. prohibit, interfere with or discriminate against yeah. either an individual's voluntary exercise of this right or a person or entity that in, that assists an individual yeah. in getting this right. Yeah. So yeah, so it will it will be challenged, but but again, it, it, when if it is challenged or when it is, and it goes to a court, then the, that's when a court will look at the amendment itself and say that the language is so ambiguous, it doesn't tell us how you know what how this law would fit into it. So mm-hmm. a a well crafted law uh, could could be a way into uh, mitigating the damage done to it, or uh, short of that, or actually beyond that, a call into question the legitimacy of the law of the amendment itself because the amendment is, is so ambiguous, or possibly because it violates other rights enshrined in the Constitution. That's something an Ohio constitutional attorney is going to have to look at. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it's outside my uh, expertise, but uh, certainly it's possible that uh, that could be another way of challenging it that, it, that it violates other provisions of the Constitution and therefore should be should be struck down. So that's another possibility. How likely do uh, you another, think it uh, is that, uh, that pro-lifers will try to make a new constitutional amendment, proposed constitutional and, amendment and to get this one out. I, I, th- I think it's highly likely. And I think we're going to see a, a we're going to see another constitutional proposed constitutional amendment in the next election reversing this one. I, I, get, I, I I'm very confident that that's going to happen. Absolutely. Well, we got to keep up the prayers for Ohio. Keep up the prayers for 2024, because we know a lot of other states are exactly. facing similar situations that Ohio just experienced. We've been talking to Ken Craycraft, and uh, you can find him linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Ken, really appreciate your analysis this morning. Thank you. You bet, Annie. Thank you. All right. That'll do it for this hour of the Sunrise Morning Show. we got another hour coming up for most of our affiliates here on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Attention, Sacred Heart Radio volunteers. Wednesday, December 6th is our Advent Pledge Drive, and we need volunteers to answer phones from 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. that day. If you can help, even for an hour, call 513-731-7740 or visit sacredheartradio.com and click volunteer. We need your help to raise $60,000 on Wednesday, December 6th. If you can answer phones anytime that day, please visit sacredheartradio.com and click volunteer. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Molly Maid of Westchester. With 30 years of trusted, quality service and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. 1-800-MOLLY-MAID or at mollymade.com. Molly Made, a clean you can trust. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Fred Espenchai Plumbing. For plumbing and remodeling, Fred brings 55 years of experience to his work. Licensed in Ohio and Kentucky. Fred Espenchai, your pro-life plumber. 859-441-0950. 859-441-0950. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Our Lady of the Holy Spirit Center. Presenting the Advent of Christmas in Bethlehem. Bethlehem comes alive in the spirit of the Holy Land is Reborn. Sunday, December 3rd is a special day for the children with crafts and activities, St. Nicholas, and live animals. And December 10th, the living interactive town of Bethlehem continues. And this year, it's even bigger than ever. Register at theholyspiritcenter.org. All proceeds benefit the Holy Spirit Center. The Cincinnati Chapter of Legatus is a national network of Catholic business owners, CEOs, and managing partners facing the challenges of faith, family, and business each day. 
We meet once a month with our spouse for a mass, dinner, and speaker. We have the support of the Archdiocese of Cincinnati and many members throughout the parishes, including yours. We would appreciate the chance to share what we are about with you and enjoy Mass together soon. Contact us at Cincinnati at Legatus.org. That's Cincinnati at Legatus.org. Working to see the culture of life prevail in the Miami Valley, Dayton Right to Life is here to protect God's gift of life through law, education, and community action, from fertilization to natural death. Find Dayton Right to Life online at DaytonLife.org. That's DaytonLife.org. Are you looking for peace? Longing for joy? Want to meet the giver of all goodness? God is calling the laity to bring Ignatian prayer into the suffering world. Work for the new evangelization. Go to lordteachmetopray.com. Order your free digital training and manual. Find true happiness and everlasting joy. Go to lordteachmetopray.com. And click on the red button today. It's free. Approved by the USCCB. I'm Father Ethan Moore from Catholic Bearcat, University of Cincinnati. Thank you for listening to Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. 740 WNOP Newport, 910 WPFB Middletown, or get the app, stream, podcast, and more at sacredheartradio.com. Wednesday, the 8th of November. Let's begin this morning in prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Lord, may those who sleep in death live with you forever. Purify those souls still held fast by the sins of their earthly lives, that they may be ready to stand in your presence for all eternity. Inspire us to pray and do penance for the holy souls, especially our loved ones and those who have no one to pray for them. Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord, and may perpetual light shine upon them. All-powerful and ever-living God who created humankind for an everlasting sharing in your communion of love, grant that the faithful departed may be freed from every stain of sin and enjoy eternal rest in our heavenly homeland. We ask this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. It is a better way start a Wednesday morning. The Sunrise Morning Show here on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Matt Swaim. Anna Mitchell has news. Paul Lockman at the controls. Travis has got the video feed up and running in the show notes at sunrisemorningshow.com. You can get a link straight to it. Up this hour, we'll talk to Father Philip Michael Tangor, but there's been some questions about conclave rules and are they going to switch up at all? Uh, We're going to tap into his canon law expertise on that question. Marty Arlinghouse is part of a, a group called the Serenelli Project, and uh, they just got an award from Notre Dame for the prison ministry work that they're doing, and he'll share a little bit about that. Father Augustine Weta has more tips for better decision-making with the help of the Desert Fathers, and we'll unpack some of the stuff related to election results from this week. So please do stay with us if you can. Right now it is two minutes past. News of service of Central Fabricators and centralfabricators.com. Here's Anna Mitchell. Good morning. The pro-life community is lamenting the vote in Ohio yesterday to enshrine abortion rights in the state constitution. With nearly 57% of the vote, issue one passed on election day and the ambiguous amendment is self-executing. 
Cincinnati Archbishop Dennis Schnur released a statement saying, quote, the people of Ohio missed this important opportunity to demonstrate that the health and safety of women, the fundamental rights of parents and the lives of preborn children deserve protection. Despite this outcome, he said, we are grateful for all of you who prayed, educated yourselves and others and voted no on this horrific amendment. And we praise God for the gift of his great love and mercy, which he continues to pour out to us in good times and bad. Archbishop Schnur said the passage of issue one shows that there remains a desperate need for conversion of hearts and minds to a culture of life in our country, one that respects the inherent dignity and sacredness of every human being from conception to natural death. This conversion will only come about through the witness of our earnest prayer and compassionate care for the most vulnerable among us, end quote. And he urged everyone to redouble their efforts to support ministries that provide material resources and accompaniment to women, children, and families so that abortion ceases to be a consideration. President Biden, however, is celebrating the Ohio vote, calling it a win for democracy. Biden released a statement following the news saying, quote, Americans once again voted to protect their fundamental freedoms, end quote. In other election results, Ohio voters also voted in favor of legalizing recreational marijuana. In Kentucky, Democratic Governor Andy Beshear has won re-election after fending off a challenge from Republican Attorney General Daniel Cameron. In Mississippi, Republican Governor Tate Reeves defeated Democratic Public Service Commissioner Brandon Presley. In Virginia, it appears likely that Democrats will soon control both the Senate and the House of Delegates there, which could provide could prove detrimental for the governor's proposal of a 15-week abortion ban. The Biden administration is stressing that Israel has a right to defend itself from Hamas as the administration has faced growing pressure to push for a ceasefire. Mark Mayfield has more. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby said President Biden has discussed brief humanitarian pauses with Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu to allow aid to get into Gaza. The White House, however, not calling for a permanent ceasefire at this time. Netanyahu has also said he would not consider a ceasefire until all hostages held by Hamas are released. This comes as Israel is bombarding the Gaza Strip and thousands of civilians have been killed. I'm Mark Mayfield. Five presidential candidates will take the stage tonight for the third GOP presidential debate. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie, former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley, Ohio entrepreneur Vivek Ramaswamy, and South Carolina Senator Tim Scott will all face off. North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum did not meet the RNC's criteria, and former President Trump is skipping the debate. Meanwhile, Trump's daughter Ivanka is expected to testify today in the New York civil fraud suit against the family business. She will follow her brothers Donald Jr. and Eric, who testified last week, and the former president, who testified on Monday. And Americans currently owe more than a trillion dollars on their credit cards. Brian Shook reports. That's according to a new report on household debt from the Federal Reserve Bank of New York. It found that credit card balances spiked by over $150 billion year over year. It's the largest increase this century. Credit card delinquency rates also went up, especially among millennials burdened with high levels of student loan debt. I'm Brian Shook.
Today is Wednesday, November the 8th, the Feast of St. Elizabeth of the Trinity. Pray for us. Coming up next on the Sunrise Morning Show, we'll talk to Father Philip Michael Tangoro. It's six past. Stay with us. Support is from Affirm Films comes Journey to Bethlehem, a Christmas musical film for the whole family. This wasn't a dream. An angel came to me. You are in danger, Mary. This child. What is his name? Jesus. Journey to Bethlehem, starring Fiona Palomo, Milo Mannheim, Lecrae, Joel Smallbone, and Antonio Banderas. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. In theaters everywhere this Friday. Soundtrack also available. More information is at journeytobethlehem.com. Central Fabricators is proud to support the Sunrise Morning Show, where you'll get news from the Catholic perspective, while keeping you up to date on what's happening in the Vatican as well. It's also a great way to keep in touch with the Catholic faith throughout the week. Central Fabricators, based in Cincinnati, Ohio, is a family-owned business for over 75 years, manufacturing and repairing corrosion-resistant storage tanks, reactors, and pressure vessels. On the web at centralfabricators.com. That's centralfabricators.com. Joining us now on the Sunrise Morning Show is Father Philip Michael Tangora. He's pastor, canon lawyer, and author of Holiness and Living the Sacramental Life. Good morning, Father. Good morning, everybody. It's good to have you. And uh, some interesting rumors came out of Rome in the wake of the Synod on Synodality that Pope Francis had been asked and was considering uh, revising the rules surrounding the death of a pope to make the process more, quote-unquote, synodal. Um, I should preface our entire conversation, and I want to make sure that this has been said. The Holy <laughs> See has denied that that any changes are coming, yeah. but this does give us an opportunity to kind of understand a little better uh, how this process works. So a pope dies— what sort of protocols go into effect in the church? Well, the Cardinal Carmelino would take over the day-to-day -day administration of the Apostolic See, and uh, then the College of Cardinals as a college, not individually, uh, exercise the governance of the church mm. during the period of Sede Vacante, where there is not a pope, it's vacant seat. Sede Vacante. Um, <clears throat> but the interesting thing was talking about the congregations. So prior to the actual conclave, where they're locked in the Sistine Chapel right. and they vote, they have a period of days where they engage in what are called the congregations. And this is where the cardinals, including those who are past voting age, so eight, over 80 years of age, actually are invited to participate and discuss the issues and the needs of the current church and what kind of specific maybe um, characteristics, gifts, talents, uh, charisms a pope, a new pope should have to be able to address the needs of the church at the current time. And honestly, so this that... is going to be a very important part of the process uh, once Absolutely. we do get into uh, this situation the next time, because there are a lot of cardinals that, that don't really know each other. This would be an opportunity to really kind of, you know, gauge who each of these guys is. 
Yes, and remember, at a con at a conclave, every cardinal receives a uh, portfolio on every other cardinal, huh. so that they have the opportunity to read up and study and be like, nice. oh, well, this guy has this gifts and talents and has this background and has accomplished X, Y, and Z in their diocese or whatever. So this is something that uh, provides a little bit of information on all the cardinals. Mm -hmm. But what's more interesting is this notion of potentially having lay people. This is what's one of the discussions. Oh, yeah, there was somebody, As yeah. part of the conclave, voting in the conclave. Now, the College of Cardinals, first of all, is a uniquely, distinctly Latin in church institution. The College of Cardinals does not exist in any of the Eastern churches. Mm -hmm. It's just a Latin church reality. And it really, it, the sole purpose of the College of Cardinals is really to elect the next Bishop of Rome. Mm -hmm. That's the purpose. Secondarily, they are the chief advisors of the Pope, either individually or collectively in a consistory. But the reality is that largely the main function of a cardinal is to elect the pope. So if you have now lay people who are going to vote, then why not just have lay cardinals? Yeah. And I say this, and there's a reason for that. There is a history in the church of lay people being named cardinal. Now, the last time that happened was Teodolfo Mertel in 1858. He was ordained to the diaconate after being named a cardinal. He died in 1899. Uh, it was after that that uh, John the 23rd was the one. Pope John the 23rd was the one who actually made it that cardinals are meant to be bishops. Uh, and then uh, in the current law, in the 1983 Latin Code, and notice the cardinals are not going to be in the Eastern Code because it doesn't exist right. as an Eastern institution. It says the Roman pontiff freely selects men to be promoted as cardinals who have been ordained at least into the order of the presbyterate and are especially outstanding in doctrine, morals, piety, and prudence in action. Those who are not yet bishops must receive Episcopal consecration. Now, that can be dispensed. Canon 351, paragraph 1, that's what I just read from. That can be dispensed, and there are men who are cardinals right now that are only priests. They are not bishops. Mm -hmm. But the mentality is that they are meant to be bishops because they're exercising the potential reality of becoming the, uh, the elector of the pope and becoming possibly the pope hmm. so uh, who has to be a bishop and that's why it is possible for the cardinals to elect a cardinal who's only or i should say merely a priest and at that point in time they would then be a they'd have to ordain him a bishop prior to any uh further actions of his uh assuming office this is interesting so i guess the pope would have to choose if there was a lay person or a priest who exactly could be named a cardinal exactly and so if the so for instance matt swain could be named by pope oh, francis man. i would love cardinal. that he would be petrified. he could be he could be a cardinal and the interesting thing is even if they wanted to say oh well then they should at least be a deacon 
Fair enough. We have permanent deacons who are married men. Yeah. Right? Uh, now, the interesting thing would be, could potentially it be a woman? Now, that's an even interest, more interesting uh, circumstance because regardless, sh uh, you could have, you possibly could have, if you were to uh, forego the requirement of holy orders for, as a necessity for the College of Cardinals, if you were to do that, you could potentially have a woman, but she would never be able to be elected the Pope. Mm -hmm. hmm. But she could So vote. she could be an elector, but huh. she could never be elected. What do you think is the likelihood that any of this will actually happen, though, Father? Uh, you know, these <laughs> days I wake up and I go, whoa, okay, that's interesting. <laughs> But you so know, I guess you never what know. I am trying to say is that the history is there. Now, honestly, it, it really not since the 17th century have we had a true lay person. Although, because there were those those people were that were cardinals were in minor orders, but at that time, mm. being in the clerical state were in constituted minor orders as well. Oh, okay. So they work technically clergy. Now to be a cleric, one has to be at least a deacon, where previously when you received tonsure, you were clergy. So they were technically clergy, but they were only in minor orders. They were not uh, ordained to major orders. So the diaconate, presbyterate, episcopate. What an interesting conversation we have just had. I'm, I feel so enlightened this morning. We've been talking to Father Michael <laughs> Tangora. You a can lot of history. Yeah, a lot of history there. So some of this stuff not unprecedented. And, um, well, you know, maybe we will wake up and be like, huh, <laughs> just like you said. <laughs> well, yeah, we've exactly. got holiness and living the sacramental life linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Father Phil, thank you so much. God bless everybody. You too, Father. Thank you. All right, it's 16 past. We're back with headlines right after this. Support is from Solidarity HealthShare. Do you have an insurance plan that pays for everything, even things that violate your beliefs? Have you ever felt there has to be a better way, but didn't know you had any options? If you answered yes, I've got some good news for you. There is a better way and a more affordable way. Solidarity HealthShare can save you hundreds of dollars each month while actually supporting your beliefs. Because the best news is that Solidarity HealthShare costs a whole lot less than insurance. It's time to jump in and put your money where your faith is and put some money back into your wallet at the same time. Join Solidarity HealthShare, a faith-based healthcare sharing community. Prices start as low as $384 a month for families. Call to see how much you can save. 844-334-3245. That's 844-334-3245. Solidarity HealthShare. 844-334-3245. We know a lot of you love anything pumpkin-flavored, and others, well, not so much. But the Mystic Monks of Wyoming are taking care of both of you with their coffee. That's right. Their seasonal favorite pumpkin spice blend is available, along with other normal flavors. And when you purchase them after clicking the Mystic Monk link at sunrisemorningshow.com, you earn us a commission. While you're at our site, pick up a Sunrise Morning Show mug in our online store. Get a mug and link to Mystic Monk Coffee at sonrisemorningshow.com. 
The most original and exclusive Catholic content is on EWTN Radio. You know, we talk story with each of our very unique guests for the whole hour so that you can go deep with us as you yourself pursue your own story of heroic virtue and as you pursue intimacy with God. The Bear Wozniak Adventure, Saturday night, 6 Eastern on EWTN Radio. 18 past, here's Anna Mitchell with headlines. Pro-lifers are saying they are heartbroken over the vote in Ohio yesterday to enshrine abortion in the state constitution. In other elections, two gubernatorial elections yesterday, Kentucky Democratic Governor Andy Bashir winning re-election and Mississippi Republican Governor Tate Reeves also winning re-election. And the Holy See has once again made an appeal for peace in the Holy Land. News at the top and bottom of each hour every weekday morning here on the Sunrise Morning Show. Much more to say about uh, Ohio and uh, a bunch of things related to... Um, I want to ask you about your thoughts, Father Phil, um, suggesting that we make Matt Swaim a cardinal. I think that you don't want me anywhere near... (laughs) So uh, I was I, I, hold on. I, I was thinking about this, Matt. Um, I said Matt Swain would be petrified. I, um, I was wondering. I would not be petrified. Any man they would not vote ele- for me as pope. I was going to say if whoever gets elected pope, does that make them that petrified? makes them petrified? Okay. I thought you would appreciate the fact that that petrified thought by, came by into my head. Yeah. But there's a hermit that uh, works for the Coming Home Network. I may have told you about Brother Rex. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a firefighter. He's in the Air Force. And, yeah. Uh, then he uh, maybe became a hermit. And uh, Brother Rex, I don't know if it's a line original to him, but he says, you know, even in the finest restaurants, you probably shouldn't go in the kitchen. And that's how I feel about it. I'm fine with you know, not ever I've, going into the boiler room. I have gotten to see the room of tears. Yeah. Which is pretty incredible. Like you walk in there. And it's just this little room. Where the Pope cries before he goes out and yeah. says hello. I imagine that he does feel Pope. petrified in that I moment. I would imagine so. Wow. What a responsibility. No, what thank a grace, you. Though. Pick someone else. 21 past. Sacred Heart Radio is your local Catholic station and your source for news from the Catholic perspective. SacredHeartRadio.com is where you can find and share information on issues facing Ohio in November that are so important to the pro-life community. And that's not to mention our commitment to prayer. At SacredHeartRadio.com, you'll find resources and events to help you pray for a culture of life. So please visit SacredHeartRadio.com, your local source for pro-life information and prayer. Pregnancy Center West is committed to protecting the unborn by encouraging women to see and choose the beauty of life while offering practical assistance for them and their families. Donate securely online at supportpcw.org. That's supportpcw.org. I'm Bill Torbeck of Tri-State Abrasive and Tool Company, proud to support Sacred Heart Radio. We strive to provide the highest quality diamond and CBN products manufactured by privately owned companies, enabling us to provide prompt and personal service and you to avoid the unnecessary cost and frustrations of dealing with bureaucracies. Find us online at theabrasiveone.com. That's the number one, theabrasiveone.com, theabrasiveone.com.
Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Trinity Church Supply, providing church supplies and religious gifts worldwide. From Catholic greeting cards, books, and willow tree, to sterling silver medals, rosaries, sacramental gifts, and statues. Trinity Church Supply, 5479 North Bend Road. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from J.C. Health Insurance agent George Justin. If you're turning 65, retiring, or simply have Medicare questions, George has answers. George is your pro-family, pro-life guide to Medicare, helping to simplify your transition by guiding you through the options to find a plan that meets your unique needs, all at no cost to you. Find out more from George Johnston at J.C. Health Insurance, 859-414-6591. That's 859-414-6591. We're joined now by Marty Arlinghouse, president and CEO of the Serenelli Project in the Archdiocese of Cincinnati, and one of the very important parts of the Catholic understanding of human dignity has to do with the works of mercy and all of uh, the aspects in which that plays out. Marty, how are you? Great. Thanks for having me. All right. So you've got a Verso Alto Award. I'm terrible at Italian. I hope I said that okay, uh, but if you could, tell us about it. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, I think that was a good pronunciation. I'm not sure myself, but uh, we entered Sternelli Project into the Notre Dame Church Properties Initiative uh, M.D. Keller Special Alto Award competition. They had over 130 applicants from five different continents, and we were selected as the inaugural winner of the prize. That is pretty cool. Now. Uh, some people might say, well, what is the Serenelli Project? Why would it be awarded anything by Notre Dame? Uh, there are some people who are very familiar with what you do, but there are others who are not. Talk about the work of mercy you engage in primarily and how this got uh, some national attention. Yeah, so I direct prison ministry for the Archdiocese. Uh, that's, I'm, I'm in the prison about 25 hours a week. And the Serenelli Project was born out of that because we had an inmate one time asked if a guy like him could become a priest. And the last three years I've been trying to put together the sort of community that would be designed for a guy coming out of prison to be able to answer all the challenges that they have when they come out of prison, and especially in practicing the faith. Um, But then to also give them that path to be able to answer a call from God that they feel like they might have. Um, and to give them the proper charism within the church, uh, mostly as contemplative penitents. Um, we're trying to create a monastic lifestyle for them, and our goal is to, to purchase an old abandoned church in Cincinnati. It's called Our Lady Perpetual Help, and their work is going to be restoring that church, and that's what we submitted into the competition was this project to, to purchase and restore this church, and that's why they selected us. That is pretty cool. Yeah, you're looking at Our Lady of Perpetual Help, which has been abandoned since 1989. There are a lot of these buildings around the Tri-State, actually around the country, um, that have been sort of uninhabited and could use a little bit of restoration. As you know, if you leave a building standing, it doesn't stay the same, <laughs> right? It, right? It deteriorates. But what a cool project. What a cool idea. Uh, that being said, if you want to do this and other projects related to this idea of helping um, to understand that these brothers and sisters of ours who many of them have committed crimes that are, you know, pretty, pretty horrible and pretty awful to think about. But but these are our brothers and sisters. They're made in the image of God. Like, what are some of the ways that we can help you in this initiative to help recognize this and help them to, uh, you know, engage in their own kinds of works of mercy for other people? 
Mm. Yeah, uh, first thing is, is to start praying with us. Um, we're, we're eventually going to have a page on our website for people to submit prayer requests for us to pray for, and we do pray for those who ask us of, of prayers. Our special charism is to make atonement for the worst and most heinous crimes committed in the world. So all the stuff that makes the news that makes you shiver, and, and that's the stuff that we're praying for in a special way. Um, but, of course, we pray for everything. We, we pray for the um, reparation of all sins, and um, we invite people to start praying in that way. Uh, and then if they want to come join us, we always need volunteers um, in many different areas, from construction all the way through helping us to run programs. Um, and, of course, we also need donors because we're a nonprofit. Uh, we're not funded by anyone other than people donating to uh, support our mission. And that goes a long way in, in accomplishing the, the, the goal that we have. Well, I know that some of our listeners are very excited just hearing you talk about this and some of the possibilities that this could open up for people who feel like they've been forgotten and thrown away and, and that their lives are over and uh, maybe they want to connect with you. What are uh, What's a good way to do so? Uh, if they go on our website, org, we have a contact uh, page on there that, that um, we're a very small organization, so if it goes to the the general email, it's going to come to me or it's going to come to someone who's actually going to respond. And we'll get them in the right spot in the Serenelli Project. Last thing I want to ask you, and I hate to put you on the spot <laughs> too much here, but uh, there may be some people who are thinking, we're in a crazy situation in the state of Ohio involving the culture of life with issue one and elections and the, the yeah. whole abortion question. Why are you guys talking about, like, prison ministry today? But I bet that if you were to go through the average prison and find out how many of these men have been affected by abortion, you would find a lot of them. This is all connected. I, the more I think about it, the more I pray about it, the more people I meet, I realize all these problems are connected to a, a misunderstanding of what a human being is. Uh, has, has that been something that you've been thinking about at all in the process of working on this ministry? Yeah, absolutely. I, we work with people that at some point in their life uh, did not consider the dignity of another human being. And they're beginning to realize their own and the dignity of others. And um, I, I tell people a lot, I work with the most unchurched population in, in society. And um, they've really had no identity or connection with the God who made them. And unfortunately, I think that's kind of like a canary in the mine shaft that uh, is, is kind of giving us a warning sign of what our general culture is, is becoming and uh, I, I hope that actually through something very small like the prison ministry, very hidden and, and tucked away, um, that people tend to want to throw away that in, in rediscovering that human dignity at the heart of every person uh, might begin to change some hearts and make us realize uh, who created us and, and the beauty that has been endowed in this human person. Thank you so much, Marty Arlinghouse. We've got the Serenelli Project linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Go check them out and uh, go subscribe so you get show notes delivered to your inbox daily, including a link to the daily video stream. Half past the hour, here's Anna Mitchell with news.
Good morning. The pro-life community is mourning the vote in Ohio to enshrine abortion in the state constitution. With nearly 57% of the vote, issue one passed on election day and the ambiguous amendment Barring legal challenges is self-executing. Cincinnati Archbishop Dennis Schnur released a statement saying the people of Ohio missed this important opportunity to demonstrate that the health and safety of women, the fundamental rights of parents, and the lives of preborn children deserve protection. He expressed that he expressed to anyone who prayed and worked to educate themselves and others. He expressed gratitude to everyone who prayed and worked to educate themselves and others about the horrific amendment. He urged everyone in the wake of this to redouble their efforts to support ministries that provide material resources and personal accompaniment to women, children, and families so that abortion ceases to be a consideration. Protect Women Ohio, the organization leading the fight to defeat issue one, released a statement saying, quote, our hearts are broken, not because we lost an election, but because Ohio families, women, and children will bear the brunt of this vote. They said, quote, rest assured the pro-life movement is more united than ever. We stand ready during this unthinkable time to advocate for women and the unborn just as we have always done. They said we persevere for 50 years to overturn Roe v. Wade. Ours is a movement that has always endured and always will. They say tomorrow the work starts again as we fight to be a voice for the voiceless and advocate for women and parents. In other election results, two gubernatorial races were decided yesterday in Kentucky. Democratic Governor Andy Beshear won re-election after fending off a challenge from Republican Attorney General Daniel Cameron. And in Mississippi, Governor Tate Reeves, a Republican, defeated the Democrat, a public service commissioner, Brandon Presley. In Virginia, it appears likely that Democrats will control both the Senate and the House of Delegates, which could prove detrimental for the governor's proposal of a 15-week abortion ban. Meanwhile, in Washington, the House is voting to censure Michigan Democrat Rashida Tlaib over her criticisms of Israel following Hamas's deadly attack on the U.S. ally. Mark Mayfield reports. Georgia Representatives Marjorie Taylor Greene It appears that that is not going to work right now. So we will move on. Five presidential candidates will take the stage tonight in Miami for the third GOP presidential debate. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie will participate in the Miami debate. So will U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley, Ohio entrepreneur Vivek Ramaswamy and South Carolina Senator Tim Scott. North Dakota, North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum did not meet the RNC's criteria. Former President Trump, who is considered to be the favorite, according to polls, to win the GOP nomination, is skipping the debate. A decision from the Supreme Court is expected next year on whether people who are the subject of protective orders should be allowed to keep their guns. The case that went before the high court yesterday involves a Texas man who assaulted his ex-girlfriend and threatened to shoot her if she told anyone. He was also the suspect in other actual shootings, but an appeals court ruled in favor of the woman's former boyfriend, saying that gun bans violate the Second Amendment. The Holy See has made another appeal for peace in the Holy Land. 
From Vatican Radio, Deborah Castellano-Lubov reports. Archbishop Gabriele Caccia addressed the UN General Assembly in New York on Monday on the humanitarian situation in Gaza. He reiterated that the Holy See is calling for a just peace that meets Palestinian and Israeli demands. He also expressed the Holy See's concern for the humanitarian crisis in Gaza and insisted on the need for the upholding of support and protection provided to civilians by the United Nations Relief and Works Agency. He appealed that that aid and protection be able to continue. I'm Deborah Castellano-Lubov. The actor's strike could soon come to a close. According to Deadline, the Actors Union and Motion Picture and Television Studios have reportedly reached an agreement on the use of artificial intelligence. That's the news. It's now 35 minutes past the hour. Sacred Heart Radio is brought to you by you. Yes, your donations make Catholic Radio possible. So to give a gift of any amount, please visit sacredheartradio.com and click donate or call 513-731-7740. And thank you. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Schneller Knockelman Plumbing, Heating, and Air. Water heaters, plumbing repair, and drain cleaning backed by Schneller Knockelman's 100% satisfaction guarantee. Schneller Knockelman at skpha.com. skpha.com. I have been a school sister of Notre Dame for 72 years. Most senior Catholic sisters, brothers, and religious order priests serve for years with little pay. I always taught the primary grades, and I loved it. Today, hundreds of religious communities lack retirement funds. Your gift to the Retirement Fund for Religious helps provide medications and care. Please give to those who have given a lifetime. Thank you, and God bless you a hundredfold. Donate at your local parish. It's 24 minutes before the hour on this feast of St. Elizabeth of the Trinity, Wednesday, November the 8th. Your forecast is brought to you on Sacred Heart Catholic Radio by Schneller Nockeman Plumbing, Heating, and Air online at skpha.com. Going to be another nice day today. Right now, not too bad with temperatures in the lower 50s as you're heading out the door. For Cincinnati, decreasing clouds, warm and breezy today with a high of 78 degrees. Mostly cloudy with some isolated showers possible tonight and an overnight low of 57. Mostly cloudy tomorrow and a high of 63 with temperatures falling. For the Miami Valley-Dayton area, slight chance of a light shower this morning, then some afternoon sun with a high of 75 Partly cloudy with occasional showers overnight and a low of 54. Some morning clouds and a shower chance tomorrow, then increasing sun and a high of 60. This is Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. The Sunrise Morning Show continues. I'm Matt Swaim, joined now by Father Augustine Weta. He's got a book called Pray, Think, Act. It's all about making better decisions with the help of old monks. Father Weta, good morning. <laughs> good morning. I live with a lot of old monks, so I make lots of, well, better decisions than I would have otherwise. I was going to say good decisions, but there's just no avoiding the bad ones, I think, sometimes. Yes, indeed. You know, you, oh, go ahead. Well, I was just saying you can always consult an elder, though, and that helps. Most of my elder, of my older monks have uh, made bad decisions themselves, so uh, they, they, they can coach me through some of the worst and uh, more poorly advised 
directions in my life. So, you know, it goes back to that whole idea of, you know, who has the most credibility when they tell you that you should look at uh, the solar eclipse, not directly, <laughs> but through one of those little pinholes you poke in a box. Uh, you know, anybody can tell you that, but the guy who went blind from doing it has more credibility on the question, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Maybe. On the other hand, I'm not sure I would, advise, I would follow his advice on anything else. <laughs> <laughs> that is probably true. Uh, well, we got a story today of a brother who fell victim to lustful thoughts and had a showdown with the devil. I wonder if you could uh, maybe talk about that story this morning. Uh, wait, I thought this was the one about the monk who was overcome by evil thoughts. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we'll do that. <laughs> okay. Either one, I I love them all. So, well, okay. So, um, a brother asked one of the elders, "What am I to do? I'm a terrible monk. I eat too much. I sleep too much. I drink too much, and I am plagued by evil thoughts." No doubt he was having some sort of a showdown with the devil. Uh, the elder said to him, "Well, you may do very little, but you do it in Jesus's name. Now go back to yourself." <laughs> well, <laughs> there's a lot to process there. You know, I'm sure that there are probably, I, I meet people all the time who tell me what bad Catholics they are. So there's some application yeah. to the laity here, too. Right, right. And uh, people are always saying to me, like, well, not always, but occasionally one says, when you hear someone say, well, I don't see why I should go, back, go to confession. I just keep doing the same stuff all over and over again. And I think the point is that uh, that you really need to focus on the positive. I was actually thinking this morning in preparation for this show that I once asked one of the old monks um, if he had if he knew he was going to heaven. He was on his deathbed, and I was curious. And he said, "You know, when I think back over my life and all the lousy decisions I made, I'm pretty sure I'm going to hell." And I thought, oh, my gosh, he said, but when I think about how generous and loving Jesus is, then I'm pretty sure I'm going to heaven. So I just want to keep my eyes focused on Jesus. <laughs> well, I mean, who can't relate yeah. to that? <laughs> I mean, I feel yeah, like that exactly. all day, every day. You know, it's interesting. I was reading a quote from St. John Chrysostom recently, and I wish I could remember exactly good how Good for you. Went. I love Chrysostom. He's great. And this one was particularly good. He talked about how the devil wants you to have, like, the courage to engage in sin, but somehow associate shame with repentance. When, in fact, the real thing that you should actually be doing is having some sort of, like, shame over sin and courage to repent. <laughs> he, he sort of oh, flips man. it around on you back way, backwards. And, you know, it, it strikes me that, you know, we talk about the Holy Spirit as your advocate. You know, you're the, the, the one who stands beside you. Uh, and what is Satan but the accuser, right? Uh, so, I yeah. mean, there's all this... All this idea of, of I mean, if your if your sins and your terrible thoughts and your regret and your guilt are causing you to run to the sacraments and fall on the mercy of Christ, then that's good. If they're causing you to stay away, that ain't good guilt. Yeah, I have a Muslim friend who says, "Where there is no shame, there is no honor," and I really like that expression. Um, but but I think the point of of the elders monk in this little parable is that. Um, you know, if the devil can't get you to do the wrong thing, he'll get you to worry about not doing the wrong thing. Because either way, you know, you're focused on, well, the wrong thing. <laughs> 
and really this life is about focusing on Jesus and the positive. Well, one has a tendency, I think, to to stereotype or to to characterize Christianity as a list of don'ts. I certainly have that problem in my class. The kids say, well, I can't do this, and I can't do that, and I can't do that. And I say, well, try to think of, instead of trying to think of all the things you can't do, try to think of all the things you can do in pursuit of virtue, right? You'd never say, uh, like, how many bags of Cheetos can I eat before the football game? You'd say, well, what kind of diet would help me to be the best football player possible? And the truth is, even if you make your bad decisions, even if you make your bad choices, if you're faithful to prayer, if you go to convert, if you go to confession, God won't be outdone in generosity. Even those sins can be transformed into world-redeeming goods. Well, I mean, the archetype of this is the fact that the whole of salvation history is built on God redeeming a very stupid decision in the Garden of Eden. So, yeah. I mean, it's not like anything is beyond hope. Isn't that wonderful? At the Easter vigil, they say, Oh, Felix culpa. Oh, 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 happy fault of Adam. It's like the one sin that we're all, like, really glad was committed because it necessitated Jesus' incarnation and made us brothers and sisters of God. Well, I'm sure that there's somebody out there today who has woken up this morning after laying awake and staring at the ceiling, beating themselves up about all the bad decisions they've made and how they can never come back from any of them. Uh, We just did a segment on prison ministry, right? And uh, people who, uh, even the whole wide world tells them, well, you can never come back from this. You can never redeem what you've done. You know, your your life is essentially over. I mean, these are the voices of, of... the devil in our heads. What would you say? Just a short word, maybe of encouragement for someone who is stuck in that headspace. <laughs> just that we've all been there, right? I mean, we, we've all been. I mean, that's that's the problem with sin is that it's a vacuum, it's an emptiness, it has a tendency to suck all the good things of your life into it. So don't let that happen. Focus on the positive. Focus on Christ. Yeah, the victor. Right, uh, the victor, not the lo- yeah, not the loser, <laughs> right? So, That's, uh, yeah, I, I tell, I, I love to tell ghost stories. And at monk camp one year, I told the kids a story that was so scary, none of them would go to sleep. And I had to explain to them, this battle's already won, buddy. Like, don't, don't, don't be afraid of anything. All you have to do is say the name of Jesus. Every demon in hell has to take a knee when you do that. We've indeed. already won. Indeed. Great stuff, Father Augustine Weta, as always. Uh, we've got your book, oh, Think, Pray, Act, linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. It's just such a great practical resource, and I love the old monk stories. Thank you so much, Father. <laughs> Have a wonderful day. You're quite welcome. You too. God bless. All right. We're going to talk more about election results, particularly uh, as they affect the state of Ohio, coming up next. Plus, headlines with Anna Mitchell. It's a quarter till. Support is for MediShare. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that is MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save many families up to 500 bucks a month, and that is huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The member satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. 
MediShare works, too. It's been around for 30 years. Members have shared more than $5 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, really, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want to plan you're happy with. You can call right now. You'll get a price within two minutes. So see what you can say. This is a very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. Call 844-55-BIBLE. That's 844-55-BIBLE. 844-55-BIBLE. Business owners are starting to think outside the box to find new customers. You can reach millions of engaged Catholic listeners by underwriting the Sunrise Morning Show. Each weekday morning, listeners across the U.S. and around the globe can hear your message for your business, ministry, or nonprofit on the Sunrise Morning Show. To find out how it works, email me, Leah, at SacredHeartRadio.com. That's Leah at SacredHeartRadio.com. Hi, friends. Janet Williams here. Join me every Wednesday on Women of Grace Live as I welcome New Age researcher and blogger for Women of Grace, Sue Brinkman. Sue and I will be talking about all the wacky things that could distract you from your faith. Psychics, yoga, Reiki, crystals, acupuncture, Ouija boards, tarot cards, and astral traveling are just a few of the stranger things we discuss. That's why we call it Wacky Wednesday. So join us at 11 a.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio. On the next More to Life Parenting Toolkit. The parenting questions will give you the tools you need to succeed. That's later today on More to Life. Now back to the Sunrise Morning Show. 13 till. Here's Anna with headlines. The pro-life community is lamenting the vote in Ohio to enshrine abortion in the state constitution. Two gubernatorial races were decided yesterday in Kentucky. Democratic Governor Andy Bashir has won re-election. And in Mississippi, Republican Governor Tate Reeves has won re-election. And the House has voted to censure Michigan Democrat Rashida Tlaib over her criticisms of Israel. News at the top and bottom of each hour every weekday morning here on the Sunrise Morning Show. Just a brief follow-up uh, to your conversation with Father Philip Michael Tangora Mm -hmm. before we get into some election things. Uh, You had talked about the idea of someone uh, who becomes Pope being petrified. I put uh, a little little tweet out there that says, you know, when someone is chosen as Pope, does that technically make them petrified? And I want to give a hat tip to Andrew, who responded immediately by saying, at first they are afraid. (laughs) They are petrified. Indeed. Indeed. So, uh, but I, I, you know, my my immediate response is it wants to make them leave their keys. Uh, but uh, mm. at any rate, they gotta get some new keys. They will survive. Yeah, they will survive. They will survive. Speaking For a time, of which, anyway, we will survive the elections. I know that uh, the morning after an election, a lot of people are you know doom and gloom and mm-hmm. freaking out, and there are obviously things to to be uh, very concerned about uh, all over the country. Um, all over the world, <laughs> really. Your whole newscast is essentially my prayer request list. Yeah. Um, but I've been thinking about a lot of things in relation to this. As you know, Anna Mitchell, I don't really – I'm not a, a legal and political correspondent like Ken Craycraft. That's why I do all his interviews. I'm not a yeah. journalist in uh, journalism newsy stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, investigative journalist is it's not <laughs> what I am. Sure. It's not what I am. Uh, but I do – like to focus on the question of morality and virtue and 
subsidiarity and what we can do in our families and in our worlds when these things happen. You know, in, uh, abortion is increasingly widely available. It has less restrictions than ever. Mm-hmm. And nobody seems to have learned the lesson about what abortion can do. Nobody who's fighting abortion seems to have learned exactly how to comport themselves in a way that will convince uh, others that this is a bad thing. Yeah. Um, but even though abortion is very, very widely available, uh, it is still not required, right? It's still right. not required, yeah. which means that the women in these situations who are at crossroads, so they still have a choice. They still have a choice for life. Yeah. Uh, so the question is, what are we doing in our parishes, in our homes, in our families, in our communities to make sure that a person who is in the midst of that decision right now has every single thing they need to calm their fears and make the right choice, and even when is, the wrong choice is legal. And Matt, I've been reflecting on this a lot this morning, of course, sitting here in Cincinnati, Ohio, where voters just chose to put abortion rights into the Ohio Constitution, um, that one of our senators, J.D. Vance, has uh, put forward a bill that would make birth free. And it hasn't gotten a hearing in Congress. Now, I am one. I, I am totally into Catholic social teaching and subsidiarity, as you were just saying. And there is so much that we can do. I mean, I was I was just thinking about it now, about all of the I was just talking to our, our general manager who came in a few minutes ago um, about, you know, we have. And in fact, if listeners go to the Archdiocese of Cincinnati's website, CatholicAOC.org, um, the front page had been dominated by a vote no on issue one um, graphic and, you know, links to resources and things. This morning, of course, in the wake of the vote, um, there is a big quote from Archbishop Schnur. It says, today I call on all people and especially Catholics to redouble our commitment to caring for women, children and families so that someday abortion is not only illegal, but unthinkable. And then there's a link that says, learn more about supporting women. And there is so much that we can do in terms of here in the Cincinnati area, for instance, there are like 30-something, almost 40 pregnancy centers in the Archdiocese of Cincinnati seeking to provide material support to women who are in need of that kind of support when they find out that they are pregnant. But at the same time, we cannot just sit back and be okay with that because you know what? They get maligned and uh, misnamed and, uh, you know, just put down by the abortion industry, which has a stranglehold on the media who just buys these argue oh these aren't you know medical facilities so we need to shut them down they need to put signs out in front you know all those things um we need to see some real work on the political side of things to help women the i i keep talking about my catholic political thought course the role of the government is to provide for the common good is to Bring people to the steps of the church, which is their highest good. We need to be bringing people to their highest good through 
our government. They can't obviously take over for the church, no. even though they try. Even though we've let them. Yeah. Even but, though we've let them. But we need to be pushing our politicians. We need to be electing politicians to govern us in a way that leads humanity to its highest good. And So this is where I, I, I want to be very careful. I don't want to be misunderstood uh, when I say this, is that very often when it comes to the question of the sanctity of human life um, and the culture of life and the culture of death and all these questions, the conversation is dominated on the left by secular progressives who have a, an extremely distorted anthropology that is in constant flux. Uh, right. Um, there is not like this anchored understanding of what a human being is. There is no human anthropology. Right. It's, it's gone. It's yeah. gone. Uh, on the right, so often the loudest voices in the mix tend to come from, God bless them, our, Engl our evangelical brothers and sisters who don't have a, a full understanding of the arguments necessary to sustain this vision of the human person and truly promote a full, comprehensive culture of life uh, so that we – can see, I mean, for instance, this is, I mean, this came up in, in some of the marriage debates. Uh, you know, the Catholic Church teaches marriages between one man and one woman for life. And in some of those alliances, we had to, in order to try and keep it between man and woman, uh, to ally with certain groups, we had to drop the for life part from the conversation just so mm. we could win on that particular question. And it's the same kind of thing with abortion in these national conversations. It is... It is important for us to have a coalition that promotes the culture of life, but it's also important for us to understand that a lot of the people who get in front of microphones don't understand the depth of the question well, in regards to what informs Catholics on uh, this whole idea. I mean, like, for instance, the contraception question is is I didn't well, even grow yeah, up with that being like a moral consideration. Can I go uh, even deeper on this? Like yeah. when you are in when you are immersed in a theology that is about the individual which evangelicalism you, fundamentally is and you focus on the individual and the individual's rights it is and inevitable. The individual's personal salvation it right. is inevitable that when you start talking about that and bringing that into a political realm you're going to have one individual pitted against another individual and when you know that there are two individuals one might be inside the womb of another individual you are pitting them against each other. It's not a contest. It's not a contest. The individual is not the cell that. of society, as the church reminds us. The it's family, the family. Which is why we care about marriage so much. Which is why we care about life from conception to natural death so much. Which is why we care about the elderly in danger of euthanasia so much. Because it's not just about one person and their rights. It's about the human family. So, we're out of time already. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. May God bless you and keep you and grant you his peace. Why do so many businesses choose to underwrite Sacred Heart Radio? It's because our radio signals reach over 600,000 Catholics locally who've told us they want to use the businesses they hear on Sacred Heart Radio. Listeners that are also in the perfect target consumer group, according to our latest survey. And this is the ideal time to get your business in front of our listeners with our special Christmas underwriting packages. To find out more, email me, Leah at SacredHeartRadio.com. That's Leah at SacredHeartRadio.com. Ken Herbert Plumbing is a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio. With over 20 years experience, 
experience in residential and commercial plumbing service repairs and rated A-plus from the BBB. Ken Herbert Plumbing, 513-383-2974. 513-383-2974. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Honda East. With their exclusive Life Care Plus protection, if something goes wrong with your new Honda, you're covered. Help me, Honda East. Get the car that I want. Online at HondaEastCincy.com. Working to see the culture of life prevail in the Miami Valley, Dayton Right to Life is here to protect God's gift of life through law, education, and community action, from fertilization to natural death. Find Dayton Right to Life online at DaytonLife.org. That's DaytonLife.org. Hi, I'm Guy Cagney with the Cagney Family and Coble Banker Real Estate, proud to support Sacred Heart Radio. Our Catholic faith is the center of our family life and how we do our real estate business. Hope that you and your family will remain safe and healthy this year. 513-347-1888. For over 50 years, the St. Martin District of St. Vincent de Paul has been providing food, clothing, rent, and utility assistance to people in six counties of Southern Ohio. You can join the St. Martin District of St. Vincent de Paul in helping our neighbors with a monetary or vehicle donation, which is simple and easy. 800-322-8284 or donate online at runforthepoor.org. In the past decade, more people have chosen natural or green options when planning a funeral, and the Cincinnati Catholic Cemetery Society can help. Natural or green burials are actually quite traditional. It's how people were laid to rest for most of human history. Find out more about natural or green options for burial or cremation at the Cincinnati Catholic Cemetery Society, where they also offer zero financing for pre-planning. The Cincinnati Catholic Cemetery Society, 557-2306, extension 319, or at cccsohio.org. Support for Sacred Art Radio is from Rua Wood Psychological Services, integrating psychological science and the truths of our Catholic faith with offices in Dayton and Cincinnati. More information at 513-407-8878 or rwpsych.org. I'm Precious Blood Father Kevin Scalf from Archbishop McNicholas High School. Thank you for listening to Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. 740 WNOP Newport, 910 WPFB Middletown, or get the app, stream, podcast, and more at sacredheartradio.com. We continue on this Wednesday, the 8th of November, by praying together St. Charles Difficult's Prayer of Abandonment in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Father, I abandon myself into your hands. Do with me what you will. Whatever you may do, I thank you. I am ready for all. I accept all. Let only your will be done in me and in all your creatures. I wish no more than this, O Lord. Into your hands I commend my soul. I offer it to you with all the love of my heart. For I love you, Lord, and so need to give myself, to surrender myself into your hands without reserve, and with boundless confidence, for you are my Father. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. It is a better way to start a Wednesday morning. The Sunrise Morning Show on Sacred Heart Catholic Radio, and we want to thank all of you who have been praying and acting in however ways, whatever ways you know how to, uh, to help build a culture of life and uh, promote one. Of course, we know this morning that that is a 
very steep uphill battle with lots and lots of boulders and pits and snakes along the way. But we'll talk more about that as the morning continues. Up this hour, we will get a reaction from Laura Streetman from Cincinnati Right to Life on yesterday's elections. Father Frank Donio will uh, talk to us about Vocations Awareness Week, which I don't know if you were aware, but now you are. So maybe our job's done. Um, it is Vocations Awareness Week, and now you are aware. Giovanna Trimpe and Jane Murphy will be in studio. Uh, they've got a new book in the Holy Chow series called Holy Chow Hospitality. It's always cool to talk to Giovanna. And then Ken Craycraft's uh, going to give some thoughts on uh, the implications uh, from a legal perspective of yesterday's elections. So please do stay with us if you can. Right now it is two minutes past. News is a service of Bridgetown Finer Meats and BridgetownFinerMeats.com. Here's Anna Mitchell. Good morning. The pro-life community is lamenting the vote in Ohio yesterday to enshrine abortion in our state constitution. With nearly 57 percent of the vote, issue one passed on Election Day and the ambiguous amendment is self-executing. Archbishop Dennis Schnur of Cincinnati released a statement saying, quote, the people of Ohio missed this important opportunity to demonstrate that the health and safety of women the fundamental rights of parents and the lives of preborn children deserve protection. Despite this outcome, we are grateful for all of you who prayed, educated yourselves and others, and voted no on this horrific amendment. And we praise God for the gift of his great love and mercy, which he continues to pour out to us in good times and in bad. He said the passage of issue one shows that there remains a desperate need for conversion of hearts and minds to a culture of life in our country one that respects the inherent dignity and sacredness of every human being from conception to natural death. This conversion will only come about through the witness of our earnest prayer and compassionate care for the most vulnerable among us. He went on to urge everyone to redouble their efforts to support ministries that provide material resources and personal accompaniment to women, children, and families so that abortion ceases to be a consideration. In other election results, Ohio voters also voted in favor of legalizing recreational marijuana in Issue 2. Here locally, Issue 22, a measure allowing the city to sell the Cincinnati Southern Railway to Norfolk Southern, passed. Meanwhile, voters rejected Issue 24, a measure that would have increased the earned income tax to generate funds for the development of affordable housing, both the library and zoo levies passed easily. In Kentucky, Democratic Governor Andy Bashir has won re-election after fending off a challenge from Republican Attorney General Daniel Cameron. But Republicans won the slate of other statewide offices up for a vote in Kentucky. Michael Adams will be the new Secretary of State. Russell Coleman, the new Attorney General. Allison Ball, the new Kentucky Auditor. Mark Metcalf as Kentucky Treasurer. And Jonathan Shell as the new Kentucky Agriculture Commissioner. In other news, the Biden administration is stressing that Israel has a right to defend itself from Hamas as the administration has faced growing pressure to push for a ceasefire. Mark Mayfield has more. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby said President Biden has discussed brief humanitarian pauses with Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu to allow aid to get into Gaza. The White House, however, not calling for a permanent ceasefire at this time. 
Netanyahu has also said he would not consider a ceasefire until all hostages held by Hamas are released. This comes as Israel is bombarding the Gaza Strip and thousands of civilians have been killed. I'm Mark Mayfield. The Holy See has made another appeal for peace in the Holy Land. Archbishop Gabriela Cacha spoke at the U.N. on Monday calling for the absolute protection of every civilian. He said, quote, it is imperative that hospitals and medical facilities, refugee camps, schools, as well as places of worship and their premises are not targeted by anyone, end quote. Five presidential candidates will take the stage tonight in Miami for the third GOP presidential debate. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie will participate in the Miami debate. So will former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley, Ohio entrepreneur Vivek Ramaswamy and South Carolina Senator Tim Scott. North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum did not meet the RNC's criteria and former President Trump is skipping this debate as well. 8.06 now on the Sunrise Morning Show and Sports on Sacred Heart Radio is brought to you by Dr. Robert Berger and Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine online at beaconortho.com. Here's Paul Ackman. Yeah, not a whole lot to talk about uh, sports-wise. How about this uh, Cincinnati Bengals, though? They are back in the top 10 in the latest NFL power rankings, whatever that means. Cincinnati claimed the ninth spot after winning four in a row. Uh, coming off wins against the Bills, the Niners, the Seahawks. Looking good. Cincinnati opens up as uh, favorites against the Houston Texans at home on Sunday. College football rankings, they came out as well, and they are unchanged. Ohio State, Georgia, Michigan, and Florida State, still the top four schools ranked in the nation. And uh, pretty impressive. All, fa- all, all schools are 9-0. and all right, the sign the sign stealing saga around Michigan uh, football program is uh, it's continuing. Michigan sent documents uh, to the Big Ten showing that Ohio State, Purdue, Rutgers all engaged in communications with the Wolverines about uh, the signals back in 2022. So, I you know I guess all is well. Wait, right? what does that mean? I don't know. Purdue uh, re- reportedly received offensive signals from Ohio State. And defensive signals from Rutgers oh, so prior is, to last so year's Michigan's Big Ten championship game. Yeah, they did this to us. Yeah, so they're oh, saying, "Hey, there's this whole we, you know, we're trying to get the big dog." And uh, huh. yeah, Big Ten has forwarded any. Uh, you know, I'm just assuming that uh, we can just clear Michigan's name oh. from from all of this. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I I really haven't been paying all that much attention to it, but. Uh, it will continue to make headlines, and I'm sure is that, we'll have to stay tuned. Are they? Is that like a rule too that you're not allowed to like share information with other teams? I believe it's some sort of collusion, right? You know, well, that's yeah, what they don't I mean, want. It's not know, exactly uh, kosher. Right? I'm just wondering if yeah. it's like against the rules. The, like, is there a rule? Yeah, is it, this isn't one of these unspoken baseball rules. It should be just a, a rule in general. I mean, yeah. I'd, Pretty sure you don't want to be. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I don't think that it's right be. to do it at all. So yeah. I'm not trying to like dismiss it. I'm just wondering if there's like because I mean the Michigan thing is like I, a rule. I agree. Well, I I've already forgiven the Houston Astros with yeah. their sign stealing. So you know I am uh-huh. I've quickly forgiven the Michigan Wolverines. Maybe a little bit too quickly. Uh, some might might speculate. So just living out your identity after the image of God, I suppose. <laughs> he said something. About Although they stealing, haven't said they're sorry yet, but 
Well, yeah, that that's Although, a mission you know, of God guilt. Extends his mercy. Yeah, you know, but it's, you got to accept it. You got to accept the mercy, which means you have to admit guilt first. Yeah. I, I will. Uh, I will keep you updated. Uh, not not that. Uh, that's close, okay. Twitter but, keeps uh, me yeah. updated. It's fine. We'll we'll just we'll make sure we we'll keep ask you updated Twitter on the. To keep me updated, and it keeps me updated. Twitter somehow knows I'm a Buckeyes fan. I'll, I'll just make sure that uh, you you guys know what happens on the field. That's my goal. All right, oh, let's thanks get Thanks to... for bringing a bit of a smile to my face this morning. It's Do, been hard. I'm doing what I can. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, you can help the. Uh, no, people dr- no, no, people no. are upset now. Oh, well, Wednesday is uh, the day that I toss to traffic. Uh, well, actually, I toss to traffic every day. But today's the day I toss to Larkin Cobb, Chevrolet, Buick, and GMC traffic uh, on the web at LarkinCobb.com. All right, make some people upset. Left two lanes blocked with an accident. Southbound 75, just as you're getting into downtown right around Freeman. And you are stacked up past 74, basically to Mitchell Avenue. And um, really, you're backed up through the Lachlan split back towards Sharon Road. There's only just a little bit of a reprieve in between those two backups. Eastbound 74 is also affected. You're slow from North Bend into the 75 interchange. Got another accident blocking the left lane of southbound 71 at 275 and a significant uh Slow down behind that from Kings Island all the way down toward Ronald Reagan. And then you'll slow again as you approach the uh, Norwood lateral as well in northern Kentucky, northbound 7175. You're on the brakes from Burlington Pike up to the Cut in the Hill, northbound 471 from 275 up to the river. Now for weather. Decreasing clouds today, but still warm and breezy in Cincinnati with a high of 78 today. Mostly cloudy with some isolated showers possible tonight and an overnight low of 57. Mostly cloudy tomorrow, a high of 63, but uh, falling temperatures. Well, I guess that is pretty significant drop from 78 to 63 now that I think about it. Okay, Miami Valley, Dayton area. Slight chance of some morning showers, but then... Some afternoon sun today and a high of 75 degrees, partly cloudy tonight, and an occasional shower possible in the overnight hours with a low of 54. Some morning clouds and a slight shower chance tomorrow, and then afternoon sun and a high of 60 degrees. Today is Wednesday, November the 8th, the Feast of St. Elizabeth of the Trinity. Pray for us. Back with us now on the Sunrise Morning Show, Laura Streetman from Cincinnati Right to Life. Laura, I don't even know where to begin with you. No, I I mean, I really don't either, Annie. I mean, it's hard to even come on. I thought about canceling, but I thought people (laughs) need to hear a voice. And for some reason, it's my voice. Uh, There just are no words to express the gravity of what happened to Ohio yesterday is truly a grave situation. We cannot make light of it. And try, you know, just to even try to begin to state how purely evil this amendment is, um, I, I just, I have no expression for it. And I grieve not for how hard we worked and the dedication of so many in our community and around the country, but the, the grief is for the mothers, fathers, children, families, and there's just real grief for what this means here in Ohio. And, you know, so goes Ohio. And people look to us to see if we could have stopped this wave of pro-abortion madness and evil. And just 
you know, all-out war on humanity, quite honestly, in America, and we didn't stop it. Mm-hmm. And it's just a darn shame. So, and, you know, but as deeply, as heartbreaking as all of this is, we are called to praise and trust in Jesus. And as it says in First Thessalonians, we have to rejoice always. We have to pray without ceasing. And in all circumstances, give thanks. For this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. I'm sorry, but, you know, we just do. Yeah. So, you know, Laura, I um, yesterday uh, decided that I needed to do something to kind of, you know, get outside. I took my kids to the zoo. And um, you know who I ran into at the zoo was was Donna Murphy from Heaven's Gain Ministries. And she had spent her morning uh, working at the polls. And then she was coming with uh, some grandchildren to the zoo. And, and we ran into each other there. And we're talking for a little while. Um, and, and she had something very wise to say to me. Um, while we were while we were standing there, our kids are playing on like you know hippo statues. Um, was she brought up the the verse in in Romans where uh, where Saint Paul says where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more, and that and she said you know if we lose today, um, I I have to trust that God has a greater good to come out of this. And, you know, on a morning like the morning that we're having right now, Laura, I think it's it's hard to to have that vision, but we do. We have, as you were just saying, we have to trust. We have to trust that the Lord has bigger plans here. Yes, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, Mother Teresa, who is a hero to so many of us in the pro-life movement, we know she said, God doesn't require us to succeed. He only requires that you try. And his plans are mysterious to us. We don't understand them. And I know, Annie, in your life, I know in my life, we have stories after stories where God stepped in at times we never imagined in dark places. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and that was part of the plan. But again, we just grieve because it is, you know, it has such a national impact and it's just been such a national wave of disregard for the human person. And Donna's right. And Donna is such a warrior for life. There are so many in Southwest Ohio, and that's a blessing of this entire situation as well. Just seeing all of the people that the steadfast warriors that have always been here, but then all of the new people that became engaged in this battle, you know, really waking up. And that's one of the blessings, too. So I just thank everyone, um, you know, all the steady, strong, dedicated pro-lifers, all the new friends that became involved in this historic battle. And we just can't thank you enough. And many gave sacrificially, Annie, I mean, financially, of their time. You know, they just truly sacrificed. And we wouldn't have been able to do all we did without the sacrifice from so, 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 so many. Um, and here's something, Annie, I think that we should all do as well. We need to thank our pastors. Yeah. We need to send handwritten thank you notes to our strong pastors that were brave, that didn't back down amidst the persecution. We know that many were persecuted for putting up the big signs, for preaching the gospel of life, for you know passing out the literature, the yard signs, and... Just that persecution alone inside our own churches goes to show you what a 
poor job we have done for so many years. They've shied away. They've been frightened and scared to speak the truth. And I think that shows why this vote turned out the way that it did. We have not been bold enough proclaiming life. So, but I, I really do. I encourage everyone to send your pastor a thank you note because this battle's not over and we're going to need them to back us up as we continue to carry on, right? Yep. So, absolutely. Um, and uh, Laura, I know I said this to you when you were first uh, chosen, hired on as executive director of Cincinnati Right to Life before the Dobbs decision. And now in the wake of, um, well, I mean, just a truly sad day in in Ohio um, with we well, we could have never imagined that this would be where Ohio would go in in the wake of the overturning of Roe v. Wade. But I absolutely believe that you with your background in working with women in need are the right person to be at Cincinnati Right to Life. I know you didn't want to be a, a campaign manager um, but now we get to work again, renew our efforts uh, to to establish a culture of life, to encourage a culture of life so that even if abortion is legal in our state, that we can help women make abortion unthinkable, that this is not an option for them because they want to choose life for their children and um, and so it it becomes while we still continue the legal battle, uh, we need to remember that this is also a hearts and minds battle. You are exactly right. And just yesterday alone, Annie, standing at my polling location, I had many conversions of people that wanted to stop and talk about it. They didn't understand. They wanted to know if what they had heard on TV was, in fact, the truth. And would this really allow abortions through all nine months and of course there were many obstinate people and there was much persecution but there were many hearts and minds changed and i made new friends i have new phone numbers new relationships just from being there i don't doubt that with you (laughs) (laughs) well i mean that's where we are going to go from here and it's one person at a time right jesus originally called the 12 and look at our church has flourished And that is what we are all called to do, is go to one person at a time. And I gave a talk um, a couple Saturday nights ago in another part of the state. And the first thing that I reminded everyone was that no matter what, when we woke up today, we knew that there were still babies scheduled to be executed. This wasn't a vote to end abortion in Ohio. This was a vote to advance abortion and enshrine abortion. So we know today, right now, in the parking lot on Auburn Avenue at Planned Parenthood, There are women pulling in there that just want that one last bit of hope, that one last smile, someone saying to them, you are beautiful. You don't have to enter those gates of hell and exterminate your preborn child. That is where we need to begin. It's going to be one relationship at a time, one smile at a time. You know, being at the grocery store, you have four little ones. I can only imagine when you're out in public with those beautiful children, people saying to you, oh, why do you have all those kids? Are you finished? Are you crazy? Yeah, are you crazy? That's the kind of language that has to stop in this world. We need to approach every mother when we hear the screaming kids in church. We've all been that parent who has the screaming kid in church. We need to smile and thank God that family is there as a witness to his creative love. We need to approach families and say, your family is beautiful. Keep going. Thank you for your witness. I particularly appreciate that one, Laura. Yes, I, I know you do because you're in it right now. You're yep. in the thick of it. Right? I am in the thick of it. I am you're in the thick, in the of, thick it. of it. I have it. It's uh, Annie's 
Annie's law is what I've called it. Um, when you're like the more likely when someone comes up and thanks you for bringing your kids to church um, is like proportionate to how terrible they've been during church. <laughs> that's my. Well, that, yeah, well, there you go. You know, again, that's making a blessing out of something difficult. Absolutely. And that's where we all are today, everyone. Amen. This is difficult, but Amen. we need to make a blessing out of it. And, and I invite all of you to please Stay with us. Get involved. We need you. This is not up to one person or one organization. This is going to be a community effort, and the Lord is counting on us. Well, Laura, I know you've done so much, and I hope you get to take a nap today. And we love you, and we are so grateful for you and all of the work that you have done. Thank you so much. Well, thank you so much, and we thank all the people that have helped. So thank you, and God bless you for your voice for life. You too, Laura. Thank you. All right, it's 22 past. We're back right after this. Food makes the party. And you can find the perfect party foods at Bridgetown Finer Meats, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio. From mini sandwiches to their jumbo pretzel sandwich, meat and cheese or vegetable and relish trays, Bridgetown Finer Meats can make hosting a party a breeze. And choose your wine while you're there. The BFM Wine Shop has high-quality wines from all over the world. Bridgetown Finer Meats on Bridgetown Road, 513-574-3100, on the web at bridgetownfinermeats.com. Support for Sacred Art Radio is from Molly Maid of Westchester. Insured, screened, and drug-free employees deliver service with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. 1-800-MOLLY-MAID or at mollymaid.com. Molly Maid, a clean you can trust. Support for the Sunrise Morning Show is from Visiting Angels. Visiting Angels provides experienced, compassionate care to millions of aging adults nationwide by keeping them safe and healthy in the comfort of their own home. Whether it's a short break for caregivers or for long-term assistance, Visiting Angels provides hygiene, meals, light housework, companionship, and more. And services are available up to 24 hours per day. Visiting Angels, online at visitingangels.com. That's visitingangels.com. Franchise opportunities available. All are precious in God's sight, no matter our age, race, ability, or residence. Yet many lives are threatened, especially in the womb. Cincinnati Right to Life works to protect the good gift of life at every age and every stage. For more information, go to CincinnatiRightToLife.org. Traffic is a service of Rose Automotive pre-owned vehicles on Erie Highway in Hamilton on the web at Rose Automotive Group. Com. I'm so sorry Here's I walked out to say hi to Giovanna Trimpe, who is uh, going to be joining us in studio here in a couple of minutes. All good. And you, you I tossed... completely forgot that I have to do traffic. Yeah, you toss to my sports all the time, so I can toss to traffic okay, twice. thank you, Paul. You're very Thank welcome. you, Paul. All right, still got that accident block in the left two lanes of southbound 75 at Freeman. And you're stacked up off and on all the way back to uh, Loveland, or Loveland, Madeira. Glendale Milford is what I was thinking. Eastbound 74 slowing from North Bend into the 75 interchange. Southbound 71. They've cleared up the accident. No, they haven't. Left lane blocked with the accident uh, right around the Norwood lateral. And you're off and on heavy and slow back toward Kings Island, actually, and then northbound in northern Kentucky, northbound 7175, slowing from Burlington Pike up to the river, northbound 471 from 275 up to the river. Now for weather. Decreasing clouds, but warm today, a high of 78 in Cincinnati, mostly cloudy with isolated showers tonight, an overnight low of 57, mostly cloudy and cooler tomorrow with a high of 63. 
For the Miami Valley Dayton area, afternoon sun today and a high of 75, partly cloudy with occasional showers overnight and a low of 54. Afternoon sun again tomorrow, slight shower chance early in the day with a high tomorrow of 60 degrees. Let us continue to pray for a culture of life in Ohio. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Ever-living God, you give life and desire a future for all your children. Take hold of our nation, state, and community, and awaken in every heart awe for the gift of life. Send your spirit to strengthen us with wisdom and fortitude as we defend mothers and children in Ohio from laws that disregard their health and safety. Mary and Joseph trusted in you and welcomed Jesus in our broke, into our broken world. Father, we ask their intercession to protect the preborn and their mothers and to guide all parents in raising their children. May they help us build a civilization of love by upholding the sacredness of life, preserving parental rights, and accompanying pregnant women in need. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Lady Mother of the Family, pray for us. St. Joseph, protector of the unborn, pray for us. Father Frank Donio joins us next. It's 26 past. Attention, Sacred Heart Radio volunteers. Wednesday, December 6th is our Advent Pledge Drive, and we need volunteers to answer phones from 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. that day. If you can help, even for an hour, call 513-731-7740 or visit sacredheartradio.com and click volunteer. We need your help to raise $60,000 on Wednesday, December 6th. If you can answer phones anytime that day, please visit sacredheartradio.com and click volunteer. St. Vincent de Paul, Northern Kentucky, understands the importance of a helping hand when life becomes difficult. Through the grace of God and the amazing generosity of volunteers and donors, St. Vincent de Paul, Northern Kentucky has been able to provide over $200,000 in rent and utility assistance to nearly 2,000 neighbors in need in the last 12 weeks alone. The prayer is to continue to faithfully serve those in need well into the future. To learn how you can help, visit svdpnky.org and follow along on social media. Catholic Engaged Encounter Weekends are a marriage preparation program led by married couples and a priest or deacon. What makes this marriage prep program unique is you will have two days as a couple to delve into important subjects that will affect your relationship together for the rest of your lives. More time for prayer and reconciliation and closing the weekend with Mass. More information is at cincinnati-covington.engagedencounter.com. That's cincinnati-covington.engagedencounter.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Rose Automotive, serving the Hamilton area with a wide selection of pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs. Rose Automotive, celebrating over 30 years of automotive excellence. On Erie Highway in Hamilton, roseautomotivegroup.com. It is National Vocation Awareness Week amid all the other things going on, but we want to make sure to focus on vocations. And here to help us do that is Father Frank Donio from the Catholic Apostolate Center. Father, good morning. Good morning. How are you, Matt? I'm doing well. And, uh, you know, sometimes we talk about people as though they have a vocation, and we only mean, you know, to the priesthood, right? So that guy's got a vocation. Well, we've all got a vocation, uh, but we're focusing specifically on uh, these uh, consecrated life, uh, clergy, and the rest. So uh, how are you kind of approaching this from your own perspective as someone who is, uh, you know, a priest? A priest and and also a religious. And a religious, right. Yes, and so I, I belong to a religious community called the Palatine Fathers and Brothers, 
And part of my work is with uh, is as executive director of the Conference of Major Superiors of Men. So those are the heads of all the male religious orders. And really this week that the U.S. bishops have set aside as Vocation Awareness Week, primarily the focus is on priesthood, diaconate, and consecrated life. Now, consecrated life is more than than simply religious life. That includes groups uh, such as secular institutes and these different ways of, of living consecrated life, including consecrated virgins. So it's a, it's a pretty big breadth. And in some dioceses, they also focus on the vocation of marriage, interestingly enough. I've noticed several dioceses in different parts of the country that are adding that to this Vocation Awareness Week because we have to lift up the vocation of marriage as well. And the, and the significance of that. Now, all that comes out of our baptismal vocation, that's, a, that's the primary vocation we have. And then we live that out in, in different ways. Uh, we live that out in consecrated life as, as possibly marriage as a sacrament. Consecrated life is not a sacrament. Of course, holy orders, diaconate, priesthood, the uh, bishops, episcopacy, that's uh, that's a sacrament, sacrament of holy orders, sacrament of marriage. And then consecrated life is that deepening of living life in Christ as poor, chaste, and obedient. Well, there are so many questions that one might have in Vocation Awareness Week, but I'm, I can't help but think of uh, a video we're doing with the Coming Home Network. Who's got a, a, it's going to be coming out this week, and it's with a former Protestant uh, who became Catholic, and now she's a sister with the Daughters of St. Paul. And, you know, some people uh, in her family have trouble wrapping their mind around this, right? Because there's, there's not really nuns in the Baptist tradition or, you know, these other traditions. And sometimes she has gotten the question, you know, why did you choose this lifestyle when you could have, you know, done any of these other things? And her response is like, why'd you marry Bob when you could have married like 50 other guys, right? I mean, in some ways, there's this sense that we've got to all commit to something. Like there's something that we have to give ourselves to. If we want yes, to understand what we are. We do. We we are called to 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 choose a particular vocation in life. Now there are those who will live out that baptismal vocation in their lives as a single person, but the particular vocations within within the church are you know marriage and then priesthood and then also consecrated life, and so we have to discern. Where is the Lord calling us to? What is he calling us to? How is he calling us to it? And that is something that we can't do on our own. We can do together, in, of course, in prayer, in prayer with uh, asking the Lord for guidance in how we are to, to live our lives, but also in the, in the church. You know, you, you mentioned right at the, at the top of the interview that People will say, "Oh, okay." That when we you you over here might be called. You know, there's many times when I work with uh, in working with young people, and if they happen to show up to a daily mass, people immediately think they're going to be a priest or religious, and you know, in the parish. And instead, maybe they're not. Maybe they're 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 living out their their vocation as baptized and they come to daily mass they've made that a part of their lives and they're discerning what it is that they are to are called to maybe they are called to priesthood or consecrated life which is a beautiful life but also they may well be called to the vocation of marriage and built up catholic families yeah well some of the best guys i know uh are 
people who went to seminary for a year or two and decided that uh, this is not what God was calling them, and now they're awesome dads and husbands. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? the formation is never a waste. Right. And, you know that 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 time is never a waste. They're they're, they're are, are wonderful people who have who then they also then what I find is that when people have done that kind of discernment, women and men. And then they're very particular about their the spouse that they choose, and then also the the people that they the way in which they promote vocations in their own family, voca- re, vocations of the priesthood and religious life. And so, in each of these, there is a beautiful call, and and I think that particularly in this vocation awareness week, we we do want to focus, and we we have this great need for priests. We have this great need for religious people who who dedicate their entire lives uh, to to Christ and to and as priests bringing the sacraments uh, to to people, and as religious in the in the prayer and in the apostolic work and in the communal life that witnesses Christ. Uh, there's also, of course, we have the, the the permanent diaconate. We have the diaconate, and and many many men. Who are who are now serving in this way throughout the country, and I don't think people realize we have about half the world's deacons, uh, permanent deacons in in the United States. Yeah, there was. I just saw something uh, recently where the church approved the diaconate for the Philippines. I'm like, does not ever does everybody not have deacons? Is, no, guess, they don't. We're like the deacon enough, capital they, of the they world. They don't. And and right. but here it really has developed. And again, here are these mostly married men, sometimes single, um, and have committed to celibacy. But they they live out this vocation uh, in a way that's really beautiful. So in in all of these these ways, we have such need uh, for the for the sacraments. We have such need for the the work of religious, um, as well as then the beauty of of marriage and, and family. So in all of these things, I think it's important for us during this week to pray, but also to encourage to encourage people when we see them, because any of the studies have shown around uh, vocations of the priesthood and consecrated life, that it's it's been the encouragement of four or five people. Because one of the things that I see now is, is that there are people who actively discourage young people from right. even thinking about I it. I see it all the time. I see and, it all the time. And we, ha- we have yeah. to make that, we really have to, as active Catholics really have to make that shift and, and do that kind of encouragement. And, and not it's falsely amazing. encourage either because we're desperate, no. right? Um, but no, to really no. see people, to really who, see the, what the God people is doing. Who, the people yeah. who are really showing their faith and living it and really saying to them, have you thought about this? Have you thought about it? It's a question to ask. It's a question. Maybe it's a question that person's been waiting for somebody to ask them because they're wondering if it's all in their own head. So, yeah, we've got the Catholic Apostolate Center linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Thank you, Father Donio. Have a wonderful day. Thank you, and God bless. Have a great Vocation Awareness Week. 36 past. Here's Anna with news. Good morning. The pro-life community is grieving the vote in Ohio to enshrine abortion in the state constitution on Election Day yesterday. With nearly 57 percent of the vote, issue one passed and the ambiguous amendment is self-executing. Protect Women Ohio, the organization that led the fight to defeat issue one, released a statement saying, quote, Our hearts are broken, not because we lost an election, but because Ohio families, women and children will bear the brunt of this vote. They said, rest assured, the pro-life movement is more united than ever. We stand ready during this unthinkable time to advocate for women and the unborn, just as we have always done. We persevered for 50 years to overturn Roe v. Wade. 
Ours is a movement that has always endured, they said, and always will. They say the work starts again as we fight to be a voice for the voiceless and advocate for women and parents. Cincinnati Archbishop Dennis Schnur released a statement saying the people of Ohio missed this important opportunity to demonstrate that the health and safety of women, the fundamental rights of parents, and the lives of preborn children deserve protection. He expressed gratitude for all those who work to educate themselves and others and vote no on this amendment and urged everyone now to redouble their efforts to support ministries that provide material resources and personal accompaniment to women, children, and families so that abortion ceases to be a consideration. In other election results, Ohio voters also voted in favor of legalizing recreational marijuana in Issue 2 yesterday. Locally, Issue 22, a measure allowing the city to sell Cincinnati Southern Railway to Norfolk Southern passed. Folks rejected Issue 24, a measure that would have increased the earned income tax rate to generate funds for the development of affordable housing. Both the library and zoo levies passed easily. In Kentucky, Democratic Governor Andy Bashir has won re-election after fending off a challenge from Republican Attorney General Daniel Cameron. But Republicans won the slate of other statewide offices that were up for a vote yesterday in Kentucky. Michael Adams will be the new Secretary of State. Russell Coleman, the new Attorney General. Allison Ball, the next Kentucky Auditor. Mark Metcalf as Kentucky Treasurer. And Jonathan Schell as the Agriculture Commissioner. 8.38 now on the Sunrise Morning Show. And Sports on Sacred Heart Radio is brought to you by Dr. Robert Berger and Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. Here's Paul Ackman. Thank you very much, Anna Mitchell. College football latest rankings are out, and nothing's really changed. Ohio State Buckeyes still the top team, followed by Georgia, Michigan, and Florida State. And uh, despite securing a key win against USC, Washington sits on the outside at fifth for the second straight week. All five schools sit at a perfect 9-0. and Blue Jackets hit the ice. Tomorrow night, team faces the Dallas Stars at Nationwide Arena. Staying in Columbus news, Columbus crew fell last night to the Atlanta Union 4-2 in the MLS playoffs. Club will uh, play a decisive game three on Sunday at Lower.com Field with the winner advancing to the semifinals. FCC already sitting in the semis waiting for the winner of Philadelphia versus New England. Let's check in on sports. We got more on the Sunrise Morning Show right after this. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Dr. Robert Berger at Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. Dr. Berger has been recognized by Cincinnati Magazine nearly every year over the past 20 years as one of the top physicians in orthopedic surgery, and he serves as team physician for Xavier University, Mount St. Joseph University, and LaSalle High School. Dr. Berger treats patients of all ages at the Beacon West office on Harrison Avenue and on the east side at Cincinnati Sports Club. For more information, 513-354-3700, online at beaconortho.com. Sacred Heart Radio is blessed to have the support of Larkin Cobb Chevrolet Buick GMC in Eaton, Ohio, offering a wide range of new and used cars, trucks, and SUVs with on-site financing. Larkin Cobb, close to Eaton, Richmond, Dayton, and Brookville. On the web at LarkinCobb.com. Joining us now on the Sunrise Morning Show here in studio, Giovanna Trimpe and Jane Murphy. They are here to talk about their joint effort. A new cookbook, Holy Chow, 
Hospitality, and it's a book full of reflections on the theme of hospitality. You can find it online at holychowcookbooks.com. Giovanna, Jane, so good to see you. Thank you for coming in. Good morning. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Absolutely. So, Giovanna, you have been on the show any number of times, um, and this is now the third installment in what I'm calling the Holy Chow movement. That's right. That's a good word. <laughs> I'm like a big that. fan of both uh, the original Holy Chow and the gluten-free Holy Chow cookbooks. Use them both uh, quite a bit. What made you want to have a cookbook that focused on this mm-hmm. theme of hospitality? Good question. I really did not want to do this book, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so I had my friend um, approach me in church. Where you know, how can you say no in church, right? Yeah, it's and true. She, she asked me I should, that she told me that I should write a book about hospitality, and I said, "Oh my gosh, no! I don't think so. I don't want this. I'm done." Well, about a month later, she approached me again, and I think the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, mm. "Give her a chance. Listen to her." So we, I did, and I said, "Jane, if you, because I know she's a great writer, she's an amazing writer. She." Um, has a master in English literature. So I said, Jane, we are going to write this book. We are going to write the book. Nice. That's me. <laughs> right? And that's how it started. And, that's and awesome. I, you know, hospitality is really an art, but it, it's it's gone. Hospitality yeah. is just gone. People it's a don't lost know. art. Yeah, they don't even understand what that means sometimes. They'll ask yeah. me, so what do you mean? I said, well, invite your new friend, your new neighbor, bring him over, bring him some cookies. Or just... Perhaps the other day I, I let somebody in in my line. I was at Walgreens, and he had one product in his hand. So I said, you can go ahead. I had 10. Well, it happens to take even longer than went with one product in my basket. <laughs> but you know what? I was happy. He was so thankful. He kept saying, thank you, thank you. I said, I said that's fine. Thank you. So anyway, um, I think hospitality needs to be uh, just... Bring it back. Bring it back. Absolutely. So uh, there are pages of recipes and uh, each one coupled with a a reflection on scripture, which Jane, you wrote. So tell us about these reflections and and how you how you went about writing all of them. Well, um, Giovanna and I have joked that we have really kind of embrace the Martha Mary roles throughout working on this. And I get to be Mary. So that means I have gotten to sit at the feet of Christ. So Mm -hmm. I've spent a lot of time in Eucharistic adoration thinking about the times that Jesus was both host and guest. Mm. And there's a lot of them. The man went out to eat a lot. Yeah. (laughs) But just saying, if you go through the scriptures, things are around the meal. Our faith centered around a meal. So I spent time kind of looking where did these give and take, like hospitality comes from guest-host relationship or guest-stranger, making a stranger a friend. It's like, Mm. when did Jesus do that? When did he experience that? And then kind of thought about what keeps me from doing it? Well, it's silly things like... Um, I'm embarrassed of my couch or (laughs) my food isn't as good as Giovanna's. I can't keep my kids from putting their toys on the floor. Yeah, exactly. It's the little things. And then you look at what Jesus, you know, is telling us. It's like, move beyond that. 
Hospitality, a lot of it comes down to works of mercy, reaching out to others, putting others first, and serving their needs. And it has been such a blessing working with Giovanna and just looking at we need to be together. Um, You know, the theology of the body. We're made for relationship with God, and we're made for relationship with each other. And we are in a time of great division. COVID moved us farther apart. People are lonely. I was blessed to sit with the scriptures and say, all right, Jesus, when were you lonely? When did you reach out to the lonely? How do we do that today? That's How do we get past our own little quirks mm-hmm. and extend mercy, do those acts of mercy, extend hospitality? And I have to admit, I am rather grateful for the appendix in this cookbook, how to set a formal table, a checklist (laughs) on how to provide good hospitality, ways that you can make your guests more comfortable, how to serve a multi-course meal, what? I've been to a Giovanna multi-course meal and... Like, even I can do this, Giovanna? I'm not really sure. I'm sure you can. How did you come up with the recipes that you wanted to put in this cookbook? You know, it it wasn't too hard because we started watching my favorite movie, The Chosen. Oh, nice. And so we were watching. I was watching every movement they made with food every time they had a party or get-together. And the main thing was wine, Mm. (laughs) not water, Mm. wine. Yes. The water was like, "Uh uh-uh, I don't think so. The wine was like... The, the uh, wedding of canning was my favorite ever part in the movie. So we took ideas from that. But also just the first few recipes are easy that that Jesus would be eating at the time in those mm-hmm. times. Um, and so I started thinking about that, looking up, researching what would they would have eaten. So that's how I came up with most of them. And then uh, Jane is um, as well. And I had a couple of friends who uh, did the... Um, some of the desserts that, of course, they wouldn't have that at the time. But, and I also had um, my, well, the ribs in the back. Oh, well, Ooh. I don't think Jesus would have eaten pork at the time. But, well, you know, but I think he would have liked mine. I think, you know. <laughs> you go with what you have. You go right. with what you have. That's right. Good and ribs. Uh, we come up. We've been talking to Giovanna Trimpe and Jane Murphy. The book is called Holy Chow Hospitality, (laughs) Wonderful, Delicious Recipes and Beautiful Reflections on the Theme of Hospitality. And again, go to holychowcookbooks.com. You can pick up a copy and get free shipping, I saw, on the website. So even better than Amazon. Holy Chow Hospitality. Oh. Giovanna, Jane, it was so good to have you. Thank you for coming Thank in. You. Thank you. Thank you. It was an honor. Thank you. It. All right. It's 12 till. Ken Craycraft joins us next. This is John Kennedy, a State Farm agent serving Northern Kentucky and Cincinnati and a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio. Whether it's home, auto, or life insurance, I can help with any of your insurance needs. I can be reached at 859-485-2000 or online at johnkennedyinsurance.com. Pregnancy Center West is committed to protecting the unborn by encouraging women to see and choose the beauty of life while offering practical assistance for them and their families. Donate securely online at supportpcw.org. That's supportpcw.org. Looking for a special gift for a loved one this holiday season? Consider an offering of rest, prayer, and a time for reflection. Give the gift of a weekend retreat at the Jesuit Spiritual Center, a time to get away from the busyness of life and embrace God's love and mercy. Call now at 513-248-3500 for more information. That's 513-248-3500. 
513-248-3500. Many times, the death of a loved one occurs while they are away from home. Depending on the distance, this expense could cost their family tens of thousands of dollars. To help families, the Cincinnati Catholic Cemetery Society offers the Travel Plan, which assists in bringing home a loved one if death occurs more than 100 miles from their residence. A reasonable one-time fee provides a lifetime of coverage. Find out more about the Travel Plan at the Cincinnati Catholic Cemetery Society, 557-2306, extension 319, or online at cccsohio.org. Morning Show legal and political analyst Ken Craycraft is with us now. He is a professor at Mount St. Mary's Seminary. He writes for the Catholic Telegraph and our Sunday Visitor, among other publications. Ken, good morning. Good morning, Amy. Ken, I don't think it's really quite possible to express the disappointment and, I mean, just real heartbreak uh, that I am experiencing right now that you are probably experiencing right now knowing that Ohioans on election day voted by a 57 to 43 percent margin to enshrine a right to abortion in our state constitution. But we are going to talk today about what pro-lifers can do from a legal standpoint uh, from this point on to try to mitigate the damage done here. And we've talked about how ambiguous the language is in this. um, Do we call it a constitutional amendment now, not a proposed constitutional amendment? Yeah, it's self-executing. So essentially that that's it. That doesn't mean it can't be challenged and and its effect stayed by the court. uh, uh, But but uh, it's it is a constitutional amendment by its terms. It's self-executing. Well, you're kind Um, of answering my first question, which is, can this language be changed at this point or does it go into the Ohio Constitution as is? The language cannot be changed. What could happen is, and, and there are a, a, a number of different ways that um, that Ohio pro-life uh, uh, pro-life people in Ohio can uh, can challenge this. Uh, one of which is to challenge the, uh, the 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 entirety of the amendment because of ambiguous terms. So the court could not change terms, mm-hmm. but if the court, if the Ohio Supreme Court were to find under a challenge, it would have to be a challenge. Uh, of, of the language that there is language in it that is so ambiguous that it is that it's not possible to understand what is and is not permitted under the constitutional amendment, then the constitutional amendment cannot stand under other provisions of the constitution, which require laws to be clear. Uh, and that's a basic, that's a fundamental aspect of any law. A law has to be clear in order to be enforceable because people have to know what is and is not permitted. Under this statute I, or under this amendment, I would argue that it isn't clear what is and is not permitted. And so I expect challenges to the language of the amendment just on its face as a as a first sort of line uh, of response to it to ask the Supreme Court to strike it down because the language is ambiguous. The court can't change the language, but it could, could but it could in principle now I'm saying strike it down. I'm not uh, I, I'm not saying that any of the things that I'm suggesting this morning will happen, but I'm suggesting these are things that could happen and these are lines of attack. Is this something that the Ohio Attorney General would do or would it have to come yes. from someone else? I, 
I think that the Ohio Attorney General could do it himself. Now, I, I, I'm on thin ice a little bit here, but I think that it could be something that could be done by the Ohio De Attorney General, because I think the Ohio Attorney General could argue that he has standing because it's his job to enforce mm. the provisions of the constitutional okay. amendment, and, and that would give him standing to, to sue because he wants to ask the court, I don't even know what I'm supposed to do, and, mm -hmm. and therefore the, that it's, it, it shouldn't be a valid amendment. Now, can the Ohio legislature do anything in terms of of passing laws? I can't imagine that they can that they can challenge it. But but can they pass some right. laws to to mitigate the damage done by this amendment? I, I think there are a number of things that they can do, both to mitigate the damage and to call the bluff on at the supporters of the the amendment. First of all, they could pass laws um, that re referencing the amendment that require parental notice, for example, because we have said all along that pregnant individual uh, opens the door for minors to get abortions without their parents' consent. Well, mm -hmm. the Ohio legislature could pass a law that says, you know, with reference to this amendment, uh, a uh, individual is defined as someone over the age of 18 or 21, 18, for example, or or to put it or to go the other direction that. Uh, anyone under the age of 18 requires a parent's consent or at least notification. And on its face, the constitutional amendment would forbid that, but the supporters have said that it wouldn't. So that's one way that it could be done. Of course, that law would be challenged immediately by the people who have all along been saying individual doesn't mean minor. Right. They would challenge that law and say individual does mean minor because we know that they've been lying all along. Uh, another way, another thing that the legislature could do is uh, require uh, reporting abortions of minors to, to the Ohio uh, Secretary of Health and Human Services or to some other Ohio official. So if a minor comes in for an abortion, Planned Parenthood or whatever abortion mill is performing the abortion would be required to report to an Ohio health authority that a, that minor came in for an abortion. And this would this is actually a very important provision because uh, that as it's written, the Ohio, the, the new amendment protects rapists, it protects child molesters, uh, and, and, and that's something that is against the interests of the state. And so you could see the Ohio legislature passing a law like that uh, address the problem of minors. Would, yeah, well, I mean, would that immediately be challenged? Because I'm looking at the language of this amendment, and the state shall not directly or indirectly burden, penalize, burden. prohibit interfere with or discriminate against yeah. either an individual's voluntary exercise of this right or a person or entity that in, that assists an individual yeah. in getting this right. Yeah. So, yeah, so it will it will be challenged. But but again, it, it, when, if it is challenged or when it is and it goes to a court, then the, that's when a court will look at the amendment itself and say that the language is so ambiguous. It doesn't tell us how you know what how this law would fit into it. So mm -hmm. a, a well-crafted law uh, could could be a way into uh, mitigating the damage done to it or uh, short of that or actually beyond that. A call into question the legitimacy of the law of the amendment itself because the, the amendment is, is so ambiguous or possibly because it violates other rights enshrined in the Constitution. That's something an Ohio constitutional attorney is going to have to look at. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, it's outside my uh, expertise, but uh, certainly it's possible that uh, that could be another way of challenging it, that it that it violates other provisions of the Constitution and therefore should be should be struck down. So that's another possibility. How likely uh, that uh, that pro-lifers will try to make a new constitutional amendment, proposed constitutional and, amendment and to get this one out? I, I 
I think it's highly likely, and I think we're going to see a, a we're going to see another constitutional proposed constitutional amendment in the next election reversing this one. I, I, get, I, I I'm very confident that that's going to happen. Absolutely. Well, we got to keep up the prayers for Ohio. Keep up the prayers for 2024 because we know a lot of other states are exactly. facing similar situations that Ohio just experienced. We've been talking to Ken Craycraft. And uh, you can find him linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Ken, really appreciate your analysis this morning. Thank you. You bet, Annie. Thank you. All right, that'll do it. May God bless you and keep you and grant you his peace. Support is for MediShare. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that is MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save many families up to 500 bucks a month, and that is huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The member satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works, too. It's been around for 30 years. Members have shared more than $5 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, really, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want to plan you're happy with. You can call right now. You'll get a price within two minutes. So see what you can say. This is a very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. Call 844-55-BIBLE. That's 844-55-BIBLE. 844-55-BIBLE. Support comes from On a Mission to Love. For books, handcrafted gifts for baptism, communion, confirmation, wedding, birthdays, and more. All deeply based in the rosary and devotion to our Holy Mother. Onamissiontolove.com. That's onamissiontolove.com. I have been a school sister of Notre Dame for 72 years. Most senior Catholic sisters, brothers, and religious order priests serve for years with little pay. I always taught the primary grades, and I loved it. Today, hundreds of religious communities lack retirement funds. Your gift to the Retirement Fund for Religious helps provide medications and care. Please give to those who have given a lifetime. Thank you, and God bless you a hundredfold. Donate at your local parish. The Catholic Church teaches the importance of a respectful Christian burial for the body, which was a temple of the Holy Spirit here on earth. This includes cremated remains, which is the body in a different form. The prayerful, peaceful atmosphere of the consecrated grounds of Gate of Heaven Catholic Cemetery reflect respect for those laid to rest there and for their loved ones. Be prepared and give the gift of peace of mind to your family. Call 513-489-0300 or visit gateofheaven.org. This is Father John Paul Walker, pastor of St. Gertrude in Madeira. Thank you for listening to Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. 740 WNOP Newport, 910 WPFB Middletown, or get the app, stream, podcast.